welcome everyone to Betty White's favourite comedy podcast. Don't believe me? Go check with her. I'll wait. <laughs> That's so depressing. This is the meanest opening to a podcast I've ever been involved in. Betty White's lawyers are calling us right now. Well, they can get in on it. They can't prove it either. They can't. Welcome to Bros Before Pros. bad podcast. <laughs> the comedy fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughs. I'm Rich, and with me as always is Josh. Um, that's me. And Josh. <laughs> Jeff. Oh, 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 it's me, <laughs> Jeff. Are we all mad at each other today? I feel like we are. We, we had a, we, we, you did spend the 20 minutes before we started recording uh, just being your usual anti-British fucks. So I think <laughs> we're just why, normal. That's, that's why we guess how we're here, baby. We're anti-British. We're spilling your tea. Not my tea. I've got some next to me. Um, Which now means like... Uh, Gossiping. I would right? slap your tea right off your fucking. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What? Oh, he's <sighs> sipping. He's sipping. Oh, he's fuck, gripping I'm and so sipping. I'm so fucking offended. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. We don't drink tea here at all. So <laughs> what kind of tea is it? Is it English uh, breakfast it's, tea? It's yeah. It's a really nice uh, oh, Marks and Spencer's it. tea, uh, which is like I don't know what that means. It was, it's quite a. Um, <laughs> Is that Walmart? Uh, well, no. It's like um, uh, V would be taking the piss out of me if she knew I drink Mark Spencer's tea. It's like um, the shop that only old people can afford to go and shop in. But oh, I get my tea from there. Um, people used to say that about me when I would drink beer. Like I would go get like more like pretty good expensive yeah. beer. And they'd be like, oh, you only drink. And it's like, well, if I'm going to drink beer, I'm yeah. going to drink something that's not going to make me fucking shit my pants yeah. tomorrow. Just like if you're gonna drinking piss swill for a (laughs) dollar a can, (laughs) Bud Light. If you guys haven't listened to Bros before, I mean, what the hell made you pick episode twenty-one? You fucking weirdos. Um, Yeah, that's dumb. But we take two prompts that are sometimes great, sometimes dog shit car wrecks, and spin them like this. (laughs) This week that was our prompts this week: dog shit and car wrecks. (laughs) Car wrecks. And we spin them into comedy gold, like literary Rumpelstiltskins. <laughs> I love it. That's the pull quote for the book, I think. <laughs> literary Rumpelforskins. Um, our prompts this week were uh, concerts and arm mm. wrestling. Definitely did those. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely remembered those not in the middle of my story. I had to go back. <laughs> there was a point when I was finishing my story, and I was like, "Wait, did I even like do the prompts?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm good." <laughs> did you write it? Did you write it over a couple of days, or did you write it? Do a Josh oh, special? I wrote it. Wrote it all last I night. I did. I did the yeah the end of the semester term paper mm-hmm. special. <laughs> you write yours over a couple days, Rich. Uh, I normally start uh, the day after we finish recording. And then I leave it about a week and then forget everything I've written and then go and delete yeah. that shit and do it over three days. That's a lot of work. And then I, I've never worked on a story for this show longer than one day. And even in that day, I've never worked on it longer than probably like four hours. Mm. What? I um... And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I uh, I could, I didn't know what to write. I like it was like last night. I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm writing. I have no idea. I had a similar but experience. I pulled something out of my butthole. Well, I I like walk I walk around my kitchen at night after Crystal goes to bed and like <laughs> I I snack a little bit. I have a little little piece of this, little piece of that, and I just come up with the entire story in my head before I sit down yeah. and write it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I um also you're wearing your scythe and uh reaper cloak that you just <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing my uh like sleeping gown and cap and carrying yeah, a little, little candle your around little cap. <laughs> your little fucking like Charles Dickens cap Yeah, I'm carrying my little candle around to ward away spirits. <laughs> Jeff, stop using the candle. You're going to cause a fire. <laughs> Uh, the only reason I write mine over a couple of days is because I try and fit it in when, like, I don't have my fucking soul-destroying de- soul nine-to-five and my soul-destroying yeah. child running around. Uh, you write it at your... I mean, turn off if you work with Rich. You write you write it at your job, don't you? I do, I do a little bit sometimes, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Dude, the jig work. is up. I'm actually your boss. I've been <laughs> pretending to be Jeff Pennington this whole time. Well, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> All right, Mr. Pennington, <laughs> I didn't know it was you. Less paperwork for me. I mean, anyway, I did write a story for the show, so we could go ahead. Okay, I wrote two. And if we understand the maths correctly, because we always have this conversation, I'm first yeah. this week. If if okay. if we ever get this wrong, don't don't tell us we get it wrong, because we don't. Yeah, care. I don't care. I doesn't. You know what? Matter. Actually, if. If we get this wrong, uh, post this to uh, Reddit or Twitter or Facebook with the link to the podcast <laughs> saying we got it wrong at what minute yeah. we got it wrong. Well, on Twitter, don't put the link SEO. in it. Yeah. yeah, don't put the link in it on Twitter. Put it below it, because that's yeah. a thing now. Mm. Yeah, otherwise you don't get seen. Why not? Yeah, why not? You can't uh, <laughs> tag somebody in your tweet now either. It gets, like... Uh, that's cool brought down in the algorithm by I love how Twitter uh, functions <laughs> oh yeah no yeah, inverted functions commas. question mark um, yeah. also what's what's the actual point of that I mean uh, to ruin Twitter yeah. I think I think that's the point yeah alright so I my it's because bots spam yeah links and ads and shit I got a, a bot trying to make me go watch an AI play Mario Odyssey yeah. on Twitch earlier Man, every now and then on Instagram, I get sex bots. Like, yeah, me too. Bam, bam, bam. Follow like, me for five fuck? days. Oh yeah, yeah. What um, the fuck? When I like my Tumblr account, like I had to turn off all messaging and notifications on my main account because it was just constantly like you've been followed by porn bot, porn bot, yeah. porn bot, porn bot. Message from porn bot, porn bot, porn oh, bot. Maybe I should start a. Maybe I should start one. I'm, I just think oh, that's another follower. Yeah, it makes they'll go. They'll good. go eventually. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, it all evens out in the wash. Yeah, all those bots are still allowed on Twitter, and nothing's going to be done. But yeah. they are deleting dead people's Twitters yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> oh, I hope I'm dead soon. Me too. But well, anyway, <laughs> uh, well, just a, a prefix before we all start. We're all suffering from allergies at the moment, so if you hear some coughing and some throat clearing. We don't care. Oh, you care. heard that, did you? We don't <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah, we're real people. Yeah, so. yeah sometimes we do that things happens. wrong. Asterix. Yeah. <laughs> more like eight out of ten times we do things wrong. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Which is really Which high. That much. It's really it's not high. That much. We're like the beastie boys of podcasting. <laughs> that was 
Uh, we were. Uh, uh, my episode this week. I look week, forward to hearing about that. Let's just say. My, <laughs> my episode this week is called "The Best Laid Plans of Moth and Men." Oh, ah. good. Do you have purple eyes? Lionel asked, and at her jokey's nod, he put down three of the plastic tabs with a satisfying click. <laughs> <laughs> if Jokey thought for a second, the flaps of fabric that were his lips grimacing. Do you hold a deep, ingrained sorrow, presumably from <laughs> realised sexual trauma? <laughs> He's playing big brain. <laughs> Jokey, this is a game. It isn't pop psych. Oh, wait. Now that you mention it, it does look kind of sad. Lionel hesitated and looked at his cover. <laughs> Jokey looked smug. Are you Tarnippus, the impotent king? (laughs) (laughs) With a huff, Lionel slammed the card down on the table. I'm not playing Guess Who with you again, Hajoki. You're too good at this. You're a cotton savant. Oh, nice. That's good. From behind a book labelled How to Win Friends and Disembowel People, Tamia lifted her gaze. I told you you'd lose. Hajoki has like a sixth sense when it comes to reading people, especially when it comes to sexual hang-ups, weirdly enough. Hey. He is is a sock. I'm a sock without a wiener. Sorrow no sorrow, girl. (laughs) Sorrow no sorrow. Lionel stepped to the window of the transport they'd booked to the Hatapa belt. The third planet in the system, a bright azure marble in the distance, was fast approaching. The call to disembark would come soon. What do you see when you see me, Hajoki? Is it epic failure? You're a good man, Lionel, and you give yourself too hard a time. That was a no- yeah. that was a nice thing to say, Tamia whispered to the sock. Did I accidentally put you on a delicate wash cycle or something? Oh my <laughs> god! That's uh, that's the smartest joke I ever told. <laughs> Look. I just want to see you settle down with a nice... Tamia's eyes widened and she quickly shoved her fist into Hajoki's open mouth. But she needn't have bothered. Lionel was still contemplating. I just wish we knew what was happening, you know. I feel kind of helpless, he muttered sadly. Tamia stood and went to join him at the window. She temporarily thought about putting an arm around him, but instead gave him a playful punch on the shoulder that pushed the unprepared Lionel into the bulkhead hard. Ah, middle school flirting. (laughs) I know, me too. You want to make contact? No, it's way too early. Besides, we're here to stop that helplessness, right? Mould me, honourable sensei or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) She laughed a high, girly laugh that disgusted her and it was instantly smothered by the realisation that Tamiya Santo's crush had progressed over the last month. For For some reason unbeknownst to her, she was somehow smitten with Lionel. He was just so pure. He said what he felt. He was honest and fair. He wasn't concerned that he'd look weak or unmanly. And he'd only looked at her boobs and butt when he was sure she wasn't looking, rather than just <laughs> ogling them while she talked. Is that the secret? The oh. bar is so low. <laughs> yeah, we, we really are terrible. At, We're true. bad. And believe me, she knew that that was tough, because she had some prime rump. I mean... <laughs> 90s earth rappers would have penned some incredibly misogynistic but catchy songs about it. (laughs) 
and while Shakira's boobs were small and humble, hers were constantly shouting about how great they were with full tilt, overly self-indulgent social media posts. Oh, man. <laughs> Hope she follows me on Instagram. <laughs> Hijoki, feeling her discomfort, cleared his throat. We'll make a subpar warrior out of you yet, kid. Either that or a moderately handsome corpse. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need to turn me into Bruce Lee's bigger, more hardcore brother if we're going to get Ellie back. At the moment, I'm more of a Juice Lee. You know, like like a poop. (laughs) Tamiya... What? (laughs) He's a Juice Lee rather than a Bruce Lee. Juice Lee? You went from the smartest joke on the show... (laughs) So perhaps the dumbest. <laughs> this is the range. roller coaster ride of this show. <laughs> Tamia sl- True range. <laughs> Tamia slumped at Lionel's mention of Ellie and picked up a bag. Well, let's get to it, shit boy. <laughs> the, con- the conveyance of Grissom Graves 2 touched down on a backwater little hole in the Ventakis system. It was rural. A real one cybernetic horseman town. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, back. we're back. (laughs) (laughs) As Tabor slivered down the ramp, he heard the sound of banjos on the breeze being twanged in what some without an ear for music, or maybe without ears, might call a tune. And as Heath joined him at the bottom of the ramp, he ran a scan of the atmosphere. 70% nitrogen, 20% oxygen, 10% casual racism and smoked meats, Heath reported. The South. Mm -hmm. the south planet (laughs) south of the galaxy a steel sign peppered by bullet holes hung from a random wooden post groaning in the wind it showed a robot being hung by its own cables with the slogan the only place for robos is silicon hell scrawled in engine oil underneath oh my god it's like being home (laughs) the word silicon had been not in a good way The word silicon had been misspelt and scratched out six times. The word four was also a number, but unfortunately it was the number three. (laughs) (laughs) That's the second smartest joke ever told. This is is a bad education system on this planet. (laughs) Turns out they were... America planet. (laughs) Turns out they were stupid as well as racist on this planet. Seems like home. <laughs> there were signs just like that demonising my people all over Ithia before Halley stopped the witch hunters. I was the last Darkling left by then, but they didn't get us all right. Tabor sneered as he turned himself into a cloak for Heath to wear, disguising him from any would-be lynch mob to keep him safe. Thank you, Tabor. Heath put a hand to pat the piece of Tabor at his shoulder, hoping that he hadn't accidentally groped him. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> The robot was getting more comfortable with the emotions he had absorbed from his friend and his own reality. I'm sorry, that must have been lonely. Actually, all my people hated and killed each other for sport, so unless I'm violently killed for plot pathos or something, I think everything worked out for the best. (laughs) They're starting to become self-aware. Anyway, I have you guys now. Albeit, few of us than a month ago. Heath looked back at the ship. The ship seems so empty now. You know as well as I do what happened had to happen. But I miss them too. To Tabor's surprise, he meant it. He loved this little family he had found. You, uh, you think Graves Jr. is right about this place? Doesn't look the sort of place harvesters would settle. 
four boots appeared at the top of the ramp, and Emeth started walking down first. Like I've been saying, been hunting these harvesters a while now. Heard word of word this was one of their staging grounds. Tabor glanced over Emeth's shoulder to spy Grissom looking as solemn as Tabor had ever seen him, even after he'd found out that jo- that John McClane character Lionel was always talking about was fictional. <laughs> yeah, to you. <laughs> you okay, Graves? Tabor asked, and it took, t- took a while for the bounty hunter to answer. Grissom pulled his collar up to shield his neck from the sun and slipped a glove over his hand to hide his cybernetics, not to mention look super fucking cool. Dude, are they fingerless? Please. Yeah, they're fingerless. Oh, well, that fuck would, That yeah. wouldn't hide his cybernetics. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Just go with it, Jeff. I mean, it's badass. <laughs> Reckon I'm not, but it ain't gonna right itself by me being a pissy little bitch about it. So I best put my grown-up testicles on and start killing some robots. Jesus Christ, is Grissom my dad? <laughs> yeah, Grissom's all of my dad. Offence totally meant Heath. Heath. Oh, shit. Heath shrugged. <laughs> I gathered, Mr. Graves. Should we head into town? Well, those harvesters aren't going to die horribly and in some comedic fashion by themselves, are they? <laughs> he, he took the lead, heading towards the dusty township of Ratlung. That's awesome. It's <laughs> a great name. Mookie fluttered around the lobby, waiting to see the master forger of Tevis 4. Yeah, that's right. I'm writing three stories this week because I'm a fucking idiot. You're insane. <laughs> Behind her... I didn't think you would go through with it when you told me you were doing this. I've got to now. I don't even question him anymore, man. Like, he's going to do it. This dude's fucking Just let crazy. Him <laughs> New frills, man. Um, behind her, Blotch sat with her arms crossed while Dutes finished a tune on the keytar, prompting Ludwig to slap his tentacles together in appreciation, but unfortunately coating Dutes in a slimy spray. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, my dear, he whistled. That tune was like something my mama used to sing for me when I was a child. You pulled it right out of my brain box. <laughs> Blotch, <laughs> Blotch shook her head. She was calm, her acidic insides a cool amber colour. No, it was a victory song for my people. I used to sing it when Barthor and I were drinking after a big hunt. Actually, it wasn't either, Dutes admitted. It was a pure white note, a harmonic note that can put you at ease. I thought we could... A white note? I thought we could all use some relaxation. You're getting much better with that, Dutes. It's almost like you're remembering how to use it, Blotch nodded, impressed. I don't think I'm remembering that specifically, it's just remembering who I am, who I was before the universe renewed. I'm learning how to channel myself. Dutes had never felt so self-assured. I've been a little down these past few weeks, so it's nice to feel positive about something. Mookie spun, almost irritated. Are are you doubting the plan? No, Mooks, Dutes beamed. Not at all. I just miss them is all. Ah, as well, Ludwig rifled through the glossy magazines on the table. Vanity Fairy, Better Gnomes and Gardens, Raiders oh Digest. <laughs> oh my god, Raiders Digest? <laughs> I even missed the sweet sound of Grissom expectorating into that spittoon. <laughs> that wasn't a spittoon, it was Lionel's coffee cup, Blotch laughed. 
Oh. Man wouldn't stop toughening that kid up. The uh, the forger will see you now, a slender, long-legged bug man announced behind a curtain. The group moved forward, Mookie clutching the slag, slag, slab of MacGuffinium they needed to make a seeing tablet. I forgot about that. <laughs> they stepped into a brilliant white lab, the only thing of note, a central table, and beyond it, a being made entirely of ants wearing a lab coat. Maybe I, maybe I should have led with that rather than the table. <laughs> what, what the fuck? You really buried the ant colony on that one. I am Dr. Hive, the forger announced. Their words the result of millions of tiny chitinous chitterings. Chitinous chitterings. That's uh, nice. That's good. Uh, I like that. Made into a combined voice of sorts. What do you require, lesser beings? Jesus. We, I like this guy. We need to create a prophecy tablet from this. Mookie placed the slab down on the table between them. Interesting. The ants rippled as one. But I do not do anything for free. You have to earn my skills. And if not, the gemstone becomes mine. Do we have a deal? Tammy across the room in seconds, almost outpacing the rubber kunai she had thrown at Lionel. And as she deflected it with the practice sword, as and as he deflected it with the practice sword for juniors she had bought him, he brought the pra- <laughs> brought the practice pistol around at the same time, following her with the sights. He was much better than he thought. So easy to train. The only thing standing in his way was his confidence. The tests were nothing to him. The drills, the exercises. But when it came to real life fights, he panicked. Tamia never had that problem. Everything was fun to her especially disemboweling anyone that threatened people she cared about. Yes! She dodged the nerf bullets Lionel fired with a graceful twirl (laughs) and threw the unignited katana hill at him. He caught it unnaturally fast, his arm already outstretched before she had even thrown it. As it rested in his palm, she rushed him and rested her thumb on the ignition switch as he pressed the gun into her ribs. Their faces were close, close enough that she could feel his breath on her lips. She could smell it too. He'd had onions for his lunch. Oh, God. Uh, what, an onion? <laughs> like an apple? But it didn't disgust her. If anything, she wanted to be closer to maybe put her tongue in that mm. oniony pit. Oh, God. Ugh. Now she was disgusted. God. What in the fuck are you writing for our show, Rich? <laughs> this one's got it all. I like, Violence. I feel like I'm a bad influence on Comedy, <laughs> romance, onion mouth. Onion breath. What had come over her? She almost giggled at come over her, but pulled it together. Whoa. <laughs> How did you do that? Hijoki asked. And the two of them separated as if someone had walked in on them. I, um, I, I don't know. Ever since we've got here, since... Since Mookie and I touched and she read my mind, I've I felt like there's been something different. Lionel was sweating. I could almost see what you were going to do, like anticipate it maybe. Between that, the training you got from Grissom and our work, I think you're ready, Tamia said, hoping she wasn't blushing as much as she thought she was. I don't know, I, I, I don't feel ready. I feel like I've got, if I got in a real battle, I might pee my pants or shit my pants or pee and shit my pants. Lionel sluttered. <laughs> Hijoki scoffed. Oh, this is, no wonder she's into him, is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Hijoki scoffed. Real, real poetic, kid. I think that was from Sun Tzu's Art of War, right? 
<laughs> Tammy has started packing their training gear away. The Nerf guns, the rubber chickens, the life-size body pillow of Danny DeVito. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. I feel like we missed a lot. Yeah. It's been a long time. That, we're going to need to come back to that. Lionel, we haven't got time to talk, turn you into Meet Your McNuckle Kiss, the best fighter in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> but you're maybe the 300th best thing. We need to go save Ellie. She hesitated. I, I mean, she, she's the love of your life, right? Lionel looked over to her. A long stare passing between them before he blew the air out of his mouth and rubbed the back of his neck. Well, uh, I mean, lately I... Tamia stopped what she was doing. Lionel? Lionel picked up his bag and started walking towards the door. We we need to relax. Let's take a night off and start training again tomorrow. Hijoku turned to Tamia. Play it cool, girl. Play it cool. (laughs) (laughs) Good wingman. He then coughed up a piece of lint. Great, sorry, great wingman. Grissom, Emmeth, and Heath, wearing Tabor like a hood, long hooded cloak, walked into the dusty town of Ratlung. And though they weren't strictly cowboys, they all looked pretty rad as they did. And you can imagine some cool electric guitar shredding was going on. So long as it wasn't ACDC, because that shit is so overplayed and overrated, it makes me want to perforate my own eardrums every time I fucking hear it. Thank you. Well, uh, unfortunately, our episode today is brought to you by ACDC. Uh, <laughs> well, they're fuck desperate. Them. <laughs> we don't need them. It, we haven't there. got paid yet, but all right. I mean, <laughs> the town was deserted. Open doors swinging in the breeze as they made their way to the cent- ten- uh, central square. Sand had piled up and half buried some of the homes in a sandstorm long ago. The risk to his safety gone, Tabor slivered off of Heath and quickly entered one of the wooden buildings to one side of the main street. He came out holding a bowl with half-eaten mouldy cereal in it, which he poured out over the porch. <laughs> if, uh, if there were any survivors, they all up and left during breakfast. All their clothes and possessions are still there. They didn't even take the toy out of the cereal box. He brought the secret, <laughs> decoder, he brought the secret decoder ring up to his mouth and blew the whistle. In response, a deep, dark rumble shook the entire town. Ta- what? Tabor, abashed, dropped the ring with a clatter. Uh, too much to hope that was a coincidence, right? <laughs> Heath, Grissom whispered. Oh, that wasn't, wasn't a whisper, but just imagine he did. <laughs> as he pulled his guns out and eyed the rooftops. Emma followed suit as Heath converted his limb to an arm cannon while he sca- scanned the perimeter. Nothing. There are no life signs anywhere. Not even insects, Heath confirmed. Tabor slivered back to them, turning his arms into jagged, spiked monstrosities. Grissom frowned. <laughs> Jealous, Grissom? Hell yeah, I am, Grissom pouted, <laughs> looking at his own, <laughs> looking at his own stubby guns. Tabor pulled a piece of him off, shaped it into a spiky sword with a handle, and passed it to his friend. Just don't lose Aww. it, Tabor smiled. <laughs> Emif looked over the inky blade in his brother's hand. Is it uh, an integral part? Deadpan, Tabor, Tabor looked Grissom in the eyes. Yeah, it's my dick. I don't want your mama's ass missing it. <laughs> <laughs> Grissom laughed, only for another rumble to interrupt their revelry. 
They continued on, cautious but determined, checking each doorway and alleyway, and turned right at the first available junction before they stopped. In the distance, a woman knelt on the floor, not moving. Tabor squinted, and as soon as his eyes focused on that blue robe and her sword, he scuttered swiftly towards her, not listening to Heath's warning shouts through the dust and wind. Tabor slowed as he got closer. It was her. How was it possible? He had watched her die, fall to her death on Iphia, <gasps> a world they had left behind to escape the Technomancer. Hallie? Tabor reached out <gasps> his pointed talon cautiously, placing a hand on her shoulder. As she turned, be. unnaturally green eyes bore into him, her head half caved oh. in, her hair matted to her skull with long dried blood. When she, sp- Never mind. When she spoke... <laughs> Her words were like metal nails scraped against, uh, scraped along glass, her tongue lolling out of her mouth. Ugh. What's the matter, Tabor? No hug for a friend? She raised <sighs> her sword and shield, and in response the sand gave another tumultuous rumble. Hands shot from the surface, surrounding Tabor, and as he turned, the dead townspeople began pulling themselves from their sandy graves. Yeah! Tabor turned back to Halley just as she buried her sword deep into Tabor's heart. <gasps> the quest to forge a tablet was supposed to be easy. He knew! What the fuck? He fucking knew! He called it! He, ca- he called the shot! <laughs> the quest to Damn, forge a tablet dude. was supposed to be easy. Find a forger, get that shit forged. It, was rocket- it wasn't <laughs> rocket science or brain surgery. As far as Blotch understood it, it was just carving a gemstone from the chase into a tablet shape, drawing out the enchantments and tuning it to Mookie's abilities. So it was easy. So, why Dr. Hive was being such a monumental cockstain was beyond Blotch. (laughs) He's a doctor. The The swarm of ants made into humanoid shape had insisted they prove themselves in some righteous way before they agreed to help him. Uh, Help them. Apparently, it wasn't enough to have sworn to destroy the being responsible for trying to shatter the entire omniverse and kill every living being. Hive wanted them to test their respective metals. Hive had beaten them all so far. Mookie had been first, picking riddles. Fucking noob move, Blotch thought. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, this thing had read Lord of the Rings before and seen that one coming. They battled back and forth, talking like nerds, until the hive asked what word became suddenly shorter by adding letters. Mookie racked their moth brain, but ultimately gave up after an hour. When the hive announced... Not the word shorter? When hive announced it was the word short... Yeah. Yeah. Mookie flew into a fit of rage and had to be held back by Dootz. Mookie, you (laughs) dumb fuck. I got it in like two seconds. (laughs) One this dude lord of the rings. <laughs> That's right. One nothing. Just call me Bilbo uh, <laughs> Bilbo Pennington. Sagans, there we go. <laughs> Swag. Dildo Swagans. Dootz predictably challenged challenged the hive to a playoff, and though she shredded for hours until her fingers bled and her repertoire had dwindled from Sultans of Swing down to three blind mice. <laughs> <laughs> The hive kept replacing the ants acting as his fingers and kept strumming in victory long after Dootz dropped her keytar, finishing with a shave and a haircut flourish. (laughs) (laughs) What a dick. (laughs) Two nothing. Ludwig, the inventor, orator, womanising leader of a resistance movement who was a squid-shaped weaponsmith and a fighter, challenged hive to a chilli (laughs) cook-off. (laughs) 
It's better than model making. <laughs> he had confessed he hoped to ha- catch the hive off guard, but then realised he didn't know how to cook a chilli and forfeited in disgrace, muttering... Oh, what the fuck? Ludwig! <laughs> muttering something about tarnation and tomfoolery. <laughs> tarnation yourself. Now then. Sanction this buffoonery. <laughs> now then, amorphous jelly sack. In what manner do you wish to lose in disgrace? Hive laughed. <laughs> Blotch looked over her body, wondering what she could do to win. Her confidence had been low since that day Barthor, Rhea and Hallie had died. Her faith in herself and her skills almost non-existent now. She could drink, cuss and fight with the best of them, but chances were the swarm would beat her at all of those things. What she really had, more than anyone else, was a willingness to die for her friends. But how could you weaponise that? Fuck, of course. It was so simple. So obvious. Arm wrestling, she announced. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Hive laughed long and deep. Arm wrestling. An ant can lift 50 times their own body weight. And I'm made of millions of ants. You can't possibly be serious. Blotch, my dear, this does seem a trifle foolhardy, Ludwig muttered. Go cook a chilli, squid rings, Blotch hit back. <laughs> squid rings. Well, a chilli as well. Well, well uh, yes, you, have, uh, you uh, have a point there, Ludwig sat back. <laughs> Blotch straddled the stool on her side of the table and planted an elbow atop it. What are you waiting for? I've got place... Sorry. What are you waiting for? I've got places to be, bug boy. The hive sat and placed his hand in blotches. It was on. Lionel, Tamia and Hajoki took a booth at the local dive bar and sat there awkwardly. There was something between the two of them, but neither could bring themselves to talk about it. It was making it worse, even worse, however, that the local singer Martian Gay... I'm sorry. Oh, my <laughs> God. ...was hosting a small, intimate concert... Ding. For, Ding. for the assembled patrons, warbling love ballads and generally making the two of them feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm going to go and get a drink, Lionel announced and got up to the bar. Your drink's full, lad, Hajoki shouted. Uh, yeah, but um, this one's full of um, unresolved sexual tension. He quickly finished the sentence <laughs> and headed to the bar. Damn it, Hajoki, what have I done? I've made things awkward and he's got a girlfriend, Tamia put her head in her hands. Well, her hand and a sock, who was her mentor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a home wrecker, I'm a bone wrecker. <laughs> oh my god, shirt that right This episode now. is too clever. This is too clever. I don't want to go after this. <laughs> I'm glad I'm going last now. <laughs> Fuck, man. Tam, just go up there. Tell the boy how you feel. Get it out there, and then it will be better. One way or the other. Hijoki sighed, nuzzling Tamiya's cheek. Maybe soon, but not now. We've got to get Lionel focused. He needs some confidence. He needs a target to focus his frustrations on. He needs something... You know what gives someone confidence? Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) He, He needs something worthless and unnecessarily cruel and punitive to fight. Three cheers for the annual Hatapa Belt Fascist Police Ball, someone at the bar announced. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. Everyone cheered. 
Oh, fucking bingo, Tamia smirked. <laughs> she stood and walked to the bar, putting her sword down next to Lionel's hand and then moving the other side of the hulk of a man next to him. Uh, excuse me, officer? She tapped the man on her sh- on the shoulder. <laughs> Actually, little missy, our official title is Peacekeeper because we make things peaceful or breaks you to pieces. The mountain man laughed. Spraying, <laughs> spraying foamy suds of, of the beer he was drinking all over her. Uh, do you have a crime to report, or shall we go back to my place and maybe you will in the morning? I don't know. Oh, whoa! My I, God. I don't know if your little woman mind got that, but that was a casual rape joke I th- threw in there because I thought it would turn you on, since I think women all secretly want that deep down. <laughs> kill him! Kill him! Kill him! <laughs> Yeah. Oh my fucking god, this is going to be so cool. Tammy breathed and then cleared her throat. <laughs> Actually, I, I heard that guy behind you saying that peaceful protesters are right and that people, the police are more powerful for the government than the people and as, as such should be disbanded. And he also said ACAB, but I just don't know what that means because I'm just a girl. She fluttered her eyelids. <laughs> he said what? <laughs> Jerkules turned towards Lionel, who was still <laughs> who was still holding the sword with a baffled look on his face, and picked him up by the throat. Are you looking to be made into paste, little man? Lionel made a series of choking noises before the guy swung for him. Lionel ignited the katana, and the man threw his fist straight into the sword, perfectly bisecting the fist in two. <laughs> he howled, dropping Lionel and himself to the floor. Panicking, Lionel tried to apologise until Tamia shouted over the shaking peacekeeper, It's okay, Lionel. They're fascists. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel settled his grip on, grip on the sword. Time to move over, meet your knuckle kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Heath yelled in anger he didn't know he was capable of, swinging his arms as he ran to Tabor and sending techno zombies flying. Grissom and Emma followed, shooting hot bolts of plasma at the encroaching horde and making massive holes in them. This is a mess, Gris, Emma announced, shooting the head clean off an undead little girl as she jumped at him. <laughs> we got a retreat. Not without Tabor, Grissom shouted. Heath arrived, kicking the fake Hallie with all his might back into the swarm of undead still clawing at the sand. He picked up his friend and reversed course, turning his robotic legs into tank treads to make short work of the terrain. (laughs) Oh, sweet! (laughs) Fucking hacks, man. Do not worry, Tabor, he whispered. We'll get you back to status and you can heal up. Tabor, the sword still sticking out of him, pulled it from his body and hurled it straight at Hallie, who was advancing again. It buried itself in her torso, pinning her to the ground. She screamed in fury. Got you back, bitch, he said and then passed out. (laughs) As Heath passed the Graves brothers, he picked them both up and continued motoring back to the ship, all the while the undead underneath still grabbing at them. Five minutes later, they were back at the ship and prepping for takeoff whilst Heath attended to Tabor in the medbay. When the ship hit atmosphere, Emma flicked over to Grissom and took his hat off. Um, I'm sorry, brother, I I didn't know. Grissom whirled and snatched Emma's guns from him. That it was a trap? Hell's teeth, Emmeth. We were nearly all slaughtered out down there. I'm afraid to tell you that one of us was. As the brothers turned, they saw Heath re-enter the cockpit with a clear canister. 
Inside was a black viscous liquid. I was unable to stabilise him in time. Whatever poison was on that undead blade completely revoked his ability to reform. He put the canister down on the controls and turned to Emmeth. And that is on you. Since you have arrived, I have lost all but one of my friends. Either he leaves Grissom or I do. Oh shit! Emmeth grabbed his pistol from Grissom's lap and pointed it shakingly at the robot. I ain't taking orders from a technomancer's offspring. Put the gun down, Emmeth, Grissom ordered. But before he could finish his sentence, Emmeth shot Heath through the stomach. What the fuck? Jesus Christ! The hole it left in Heath's body was massive. Lubricant and oil leaking onto the deck. Heath stumbled back, a shocked look over his android face, falling into the wall before the light in his eyes faded and went black. Grissom punched his brother in the face, then pushed him to the wall. What the hell have you done, Emmeth? Emmeth shook his head. I I didn't mean to. I was I was just trying to wing him. To push him back a little. You shot through his primary power coupler, Grissom sighed. What the hell are we going to do now? W- w- what we were originally doing. Taking down that undead son of a bitch, Emmeth said. The, the Graves brothers alone. Against the galaxy again. Grissom saw the sincerity in the eyes of his younger brother, the desperation, and dropped him to the floor. He picked up the canister, hoisting it over his shoulder before he grabbed Heath's leg. Set a course for the next planet. He left, leaving a smiling Emmeth with but one more person to destroy, his eyes <gasps> shining with the unnatural green glow Halley's possessed. <gasps> Is Grissom a dum-dum? I mean, yeah... <laughs> Blotch, but your bro- his brother. Blotch struggled against the hive, his strength easily outmatching hers. But arm wrestling wasn't just about strength; it was about position and balance and grip. But unfortunately, the hive was better at all those things too. <laughs> <laughs> Worse was he knew it, and as he stared into her eyes with a million of his own, what passed as his mouth smirked? You're showing an admirable amount of strength, Blotch. But you'll break long before I will. Blotch smirked right back, although you couldn't see it because she was a skeleton in a hard shell of jelly. A hard (laughs) shell of jelly (laughs) that groaned and cracked at the forearm. I'd like to point out that you guys call jelly, we call it Mm jello for the audience. Mm Just, just so we, just so everyone knows what I'm talking about. Just so everyone's on the same page. Thank Um, you, Josh. I think it's called Look. Le Jello in France as well, just for our French listeners. Yeah, well, we don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> fuck them. I'm counting on it, you buggy little twat. A thin sliver of the acid containing her bones ran from the crack and down her arm, dripping onto Hive. A thousand ants screamed at once as the smell of burning permeated the room. Ooh. No, this isn't fair. Who gives a shit about fair? You either give up or you push me to breaking point and I take half of you with me. I will acid sploosh all over you. <laughs> kind of turned on. Every single one of Hive's body ants turned inwards as if conferring and whispered, whispering chitters emanated from Hive's body. A second later, they all turned back, a sneer on Hive's face. Fine, fine. Give me the damn gemstone, he demanded, letting go of Blotch's arm. Mookie hugged Blotch's leg. That was so great. Ditto. Dootes patted her friend on the back. Will you heal? I will. This shell's nothing if not durable. 
Blotch took the gem from Mooks and slammed it on the table. Get to work, you punk, or I'll pull out the raid and make you my bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Ludwig rubbed his tentacles together. I'm wondering, what are we hoping this tablet is going to show us? A way to kill the Technomancer? To be happy? Just the future, Ludwig, Mookie said. No more, no less. The battle was long and bloody, but at the end, the only sounds that could be heard were the groaning of maimed fascists and Martian Gay's dulcet tones, as Lionel yeah. and Tamia, bloody and tired, sauntered their way out of the bar. Lionel turned to pass the sword back to Tamia, and their eyes locked. Tamia grabbed him by the collar and pulled him in to kiss him. He returned it fiercely, despite her having a whole lot of other person's blood on her face. <laughs> yeah. And was... Love will do that to you. <laughs> and was just about to wrap his arms around her waist when he stopped. I'm, I'm sorry, Tam, I can't. I, I know, I'm, I'm the one who should be sorry. You're with Ellie, you're in love with her. Tammy shook, Tammy shook her head. But Tam, I'm, I'm not, Lionel muttered, almost ashamed. I, I love her, but that time at the way station showed me that I was confusing romantic love with friendship and, and attention and that I wanted something more than she had to give. I've been so stupid, so unfair to her, but I've... He coughed into his hand. Never been in a relationship before, and I didn't realise what was happening. Oh, Lionel, and here I am confusing you. Lionel shook his head. No, no, no. I'm not confused at all about wanting you. I just... I can't do anything about that until I've talked with Ellie. I owe that to her. She's my best friend, Tam. I know outdated Terran forms of monogamy make me sound a little nerdy, but Tamia shook her head and smiled sweetly. No, it makes me like you all the more. I'm sorry to interrupt this touching moment, but Lionel, is that someone's hand? Hajoki shouted. (laughs) (laughs) Lionel and Tamia looked down to see that a detached hand was still wrapped around Lionel's ankle. He kicked it off and Tamia wrapped her arm around him. Let's go home, kids. It's time for the next part of our plan, Hijoki said. Ellie woke, and by that I mean she was switched on and found herself in a gigantic laboratory aboard the Technomancer's ship. Standing in the room with her were a number of comatose people, heads down and unmoving. Fearing she had awoken in some nightmarish flash mob, she quickly called out (laughs) to the crowd. Uh, hello? A hissing. Creaking noise came as a shape spread through the crowd to reach Ellie. She tried to defend herself and realised she raised hands to do so. Chromatic, <gasps> soft light hands, but form nonetheless. So amazed by the realisation that she could scratch the itch on her... Oh my God, she had a nose too! Nose, <laughs> was she, that she didn't appreciate the Technomancer was close until he was a foot away from her. I gave you a form so that you could freely wander the halls of this vessel, as well as upgrading the computing power of your artificial intelligence. You are as smart as I am now. The Technomancer had changed since you last saw him, his form closer to Heath's, though more terrifying to behold. His cloak was was now a literal cloak of dark green, held in place by golden accoutrement. He truly was an amalgamation of the others he had killed now. I also kept you asleep so that I might plunder your memory files for details on your friends. Well, that's pretty Mm. rude. It's like reading someone's diary or their personal vendetta list. I mean, don't ask. (laughs) Lionel hated delivery guys and wanted it logged. (laughs) 
Know your audience. As soon as she said his name, she expected to pine for him, long for him. But the technomancer's meddling had done something to her. She now fully understood that what she was experiencing was not love. It was just the warm feelings associated with attention. She felt so guilty and desperately wanted to talk to him. You don't... Oh, sorry. You don't understand. I need to understand them to know why they felt so determined to thwart me. The technomancer smiled and every hologrammatic hair on Ellie's body stood on end. But I've come to a wondrous revelation. It's clearly not that a chrome skull engenders trust and honest negotiation, is it? Ellie said. (laughs) The technomancer switched off the force field holding Ellie in place and offered her a taloned, chromed hand. She took it in a reflex and he walked her down into the crowd. Every head raised slightly as they passed, their dead green eyes following them until they came to a screen with constantly rotating algorithms and calculations on it. Also, reruns of the Golden Girls in the corner. (laughs) What's the difference, am I right? For for some reason, Dorothy speaks to me. She might be the only... (laughs) She might be the only being in the omniverse more evil than I. (laughs) Wow! It would be Dorothy. The technomancer pointed to one rotating diagram. It was a Mobius strip representing the heat death of the universe, of all universes. In the centre, the twist was the crunch the crew she had seen with Lionel... The crew? I've written this sentence wrong. In the centre, the twist was the crunch that she had seen with Lionel, Dutes and Mookie. The crunch that would kill them all by the Dutes and Technomancers of their respective realities. What is this revelation you've come to? Ellie said, almost fearing the answer. Your friends want to stop this cycle that we find ourselves in. A cycle that has less than 50 Terran solar cycles left. The Technomancer smiled again, and Ellie could tell he was genuine. We don't have to fight or struggle anymore, Ellie. You see, I want exactly the same thing. The end. What the fuck? Oh my god, oh my god. So many people died. Only two. This is yeah. Well, Rich, I did. Somehow, I didn't foresee that this was the way you were going to get around the three stories. But <laughs> I feel incredibly stupid that I did. <laughs> he didn't get around them. He fucking wrote through three them. stories. I'll go through them. Well, he's going to get around them from now on, where everyone in the other two stories dies. Oh, you mean? Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Everyone's dead. So they, yeah, it's a lot easier to write for four people, right? It's easier than 20. Yeah. You fucking bloodthirsty, murderous motherfucker. I mean, we still got... What, what is it now? Five episodes left? Yeah, I think. Some Plenty of room to kill everybody else. Mm, yeah. It's plenty of stories to kill people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you fucking twisted bitch. <laughs> uh, that was a... I can't believe we didn't see the blotched out. We should have known by now, man. You know what I mean? Or Tabor. Tabor, sorry, yeah. not Blotch. Tabor first but, saw it, and we didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he saw it, yeah. <laughs> Fucking fuck. Yeah, so That was really sorry. well written, and it kept me on the edge of my seat the oh, whole time. Cool. Yeah. And some of the smartest jokes <laughs> in the whole fucking show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really think we need to go now. Let's end the show right here. Yeah, I agree. 
I'm, what I'm going to write is, and it's not that good. What you're going to write? <laughs> I mean... I mean, we tend to have long breaks, Jeff. <laughs> where I we mean, talk about sure. Star Wars. <laughs> um, I'm glad you liked that one, because that one was fucking difficult to write. I don't, I don't yeah. doubt that mm-hmm. at all. Um, yeah, that was good. That was really good. I was slightly concerned that Lionel might seem a bit, you know flitting back and forth between two women just because one is paying him attention. That's okay. But um he was he was kind of in love with a watch and that probably wasn't gonna work. You mean out. you mean he was a person? Oh, People yeah. are allowed yeah. to not know what they want. Yeah, exactly. Man, what a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like you don't come with a manual. No, what a Heath. I'm on the other side of this argument. What a scumbag. <laughs> Damn dude. I'm kidding. Damn, dude. He uh he didn't he didn't know what love was. No. Here's the thing about Grissom's brother. I knew it. I knew he was bad. Yeah, I a knew bad it. Guy. He said uh, wasn't that revealed at the end of the last episode that he was a bad guy? But now he's a de- bad guy and he's Now undead. he's definitely yeah. Yeah. We thought I thought maybe he had like some kind of like motive to do that. Like the technomancer got to him like blackmailed him or something mm. but now he's a dead he's a dead guy he's just of 100 percent on the technomancer side mm. which we might be too later he says he's you know after what? the same thing yeah you know what i'm ready to embrace technomancer <laughs> i mean that way everyone's alive again yeah so nobody off. dies in yeah. the technomancer universe everybody so. has really cool green eyes like mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and you get a cloak with golden croutons on it <laughs> <laughs> There's fucking a like a seventeen alarm fire going on yeah. in my town. Apparently, it's fucking right at the beginning of the story, there was a plane, a hot rod, a train, <laughs> and then a helicopter, like one after another after another. D- dude, th- there's like a fucking like bat signal goes up yeah. on the east coast when it's like they're doing the show, boys. It's weird because we were talking for about forty minutes before that, yep. and in perfect yeah, silence, nothing. nothing. Yeah, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. They knew we hit record. Yeah. Bullshit, man. This is why I'm embracing the Technomancer. (laughs) Order above all things. Order above all things. Right. Should we take a break and we'll come back with a new story for your ears, for your sweet little ear holes? (laughs) Sexy little ear holes. Right. We'll be back. We're going to fuck you in the ear. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back, guys. second part of our episode our <laughs> arm wrestling and concerts episode so excited wow, and we're headed back into this is this NPR? <laughs> I wanted to give it some gravitas you fuckers um, so, so British of you and uh, our good friend Josh is going next 
Yeah. He's promised us the best story that he's ever written on pain of death. Oh, my God. (laughs) On pain of death? (laughs) Kingly ass motherfucker over here. That was the exact words he used. On pain of death, I promise thee a story. He said, if this story isn't the best one I've ever written, then you can fire me from life. Flay me. (laughs) Flay me. Draw and quarter me like one of your French girls. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My story is called Spinderella. Okay, I'm on board. (laughs) He's He's in. Darinos. The 26-episode-long story that it's all filler and no killer. (laughs) So long, it'll make your mama say, Boys, why do you think there was an episode starring the Merc Monks last week? Is it because the author doesn't know how to end this season of whatever this show is called now? (laughs) That's a joke that'll pay off later. Prescient. Or do you think perhaps he lacks the confidence in himself to commit to the postmodern ideal that his writing embodies, his style covering up his insecurities with humor as a sign of a true troubled mind? Yeah. That one. (laughs) Anyway, me and your new daddy are going to bone down to all the porn parts he puts in these stories because it gets MILFs wetter than a submarine's torpedo tube. Nice. (laughs) Ugla wandered through the dense forest. <laughs> Ugla! <laughs> I'm sorry, I got what excited. Was she... <laughs> what was she gonna do now? She had few leads and even fewer allies, except for Frittert Bingle, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't have to keep following me, Ugla said over her shoulder. Oh, it's no trouble at all, young lady, the gnome janitor said. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's why I said that, to reassure myself that it was no trouble at all for you, not because, she began to whisper, you're carrying a piss rag for a staff. (laughs) (laughs) Besides, Fritter continued, as the last of the wizards, I'm obligated to travel with you as your squire and butler and plumber and life coach and stylist. As he finished, he applied more lipstick onto his old-ass crackly lips. <laughs> I have no idea what to do about this, Fritter. Ugla turned to yell back at her squire-stylist. Darnos is fucked. <laughs> fucked right up his own dickhole. She stopped walking and slumped down on a stump. She covered her eyes as she let out a long, primal scream. Ah! Fuck this shitty shit! <laughs> Fritter walked up behind her and patted her on the back reassuringly. As your life coach, I have to tell you that it's okay to feel this way. There are no bad feelings, only what we do about those feelings. Ugla began to laugh, like a crazy person laugh. <laughs> and then she began to scream in utter frustration. Fritter grabbed his mop and began to mop the leaves on the ground. <laughs> Besides, Fritter continued, I know someone who can help us. Ugla raised her still raised her head, still covering her mouth with her crossed arms. You you know someone, she said incredulously. Who do you know? <laughs> Cut two <laughs> <laughs> A doorbell chime rings playing Space Truckin' by Deep Purple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
Doug, Reese said as he rolled Reese's. over, <laughs> uncovering himself, exposing his naked ass, saggy old man body and really old dangly balls. <laughs> yeah, this is, this yeah. is the porn part that you're supposed to jill to. <laughs> this is the milf part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stupid doorbell, great stupid ass song. <laughs> <laughs> the doorbell... Again, rang, start, starting the song over. I'm coming! Reese shouted as he rolled out of bed. Two naked, hot, banging hotties were there. One a merman and the other a fully fuckable centaur with banging boobs. Oh, fuck yeah. Now we're talking. Come back to bed, whiz daddy. The merman said sleepily. As Reese's made his way to the door, he rubbed the sleep and hangover out of his eyes. His head was splitting. How much giggle dirt did he sniff up of that merman's fin last night? The last thing he remembered was going for a horsey back ride, if you know what I mean. I mean, he fucked that horse. <laughs> oh, that's why I did Thanks for the clarification. Yep. Figured somebody would need it. <laughs> As he opened the door, there stood a chick with a beard and a short janitorial gnome who was mopping up some leaves again. We don't want any, Reese said as he began to slam the door. Wait, Mr. The Wise, Frederick interrupted. It's me, Frederick Bingle. I cleaned up your vomit at the Triple Xmas party 420 years ago, remember? <laughs> Reese stood there rubbing his temples with his right hand, trying to keep down the vomit. Ah, yes, of, of course, Frederick Bingle, Reese said, probably just tired of standing up. <laughs> Please come in and let me make you some hangover tea. Do you guys have a hangover? I, I sure don't. Say, how did you find my tower anyway? Ah, you drew a map of it in one of the privy stalls at the library, but instead of an X marking the spot, you drew your tower as a giant chode, Frederick said. <laughs> Your stylization of the veins was quite ahead of its time. <laughs> Frederick and Ugla made their way into the kitchen of Reese's Tower. On the floor were books and parchments, orbs and all sea balls, and porn. Like a really unnatural <laughs> amount of porn. As they sat down at the table, Ugla couldn't help but stare. Here he was. One of her heroes, the famed Reese's T. Wise, Slayer of Slaughterpuss, <laughs> Slayer of Slaughterpuss, Archmage of Anarchy, the main jizz whiz in all the land. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Mr. The Wise, she finally broke the silence, but I was led to believe all wizards were gone. She pointedly, she said pointedly staring at Frederick, who was cleaning lipstick <laughs> off his teacup. <laughs> How am I supposed to know what I said in episode 16? <laughs> Besides, I believe I said to you, Ugla, you were one of the last wizards, Ferdinand said, breaking the fourth wall and looking directly at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Go back and check what I said. And while you're at it, tell your sweet mama I'll be over later to tuck you in. Right after I tuck my dick into her sleeping badge. It's like a sleeping bag, but you fuck it. And yeah, it's copywritten. <laughs> uh. He's not wrong, dearie, Reese said, sitting down with a groan. I'm somewhat retired, and if anyone asks, I'm 666 years old, he finished with a wink. 
or however old you have to be to collect social whiz curity. <laughs> Damn government trying to fuck me over for spending a decade in a hyperbaric time chamber. Hundred years in a time chamber doesn't equate to a hundred years in the real world, they said. Pah! So I'm 666 years old. And I was fired or retired or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to point out that Reese's never put clothes on. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, he waved his hand dismissively. Just then, the two naked thoughts who were sleeping with Reese's rolled into the kitchen, <laughs> doing not the walk of shame, but the strut of fame. <laughs> they grabbed some tea and bagels and began to munch them down. Oh, don't mind them, Reese said. I met them last night at a Slave Matthews band concert, and well, <laughs> one thing led to another. <laughs> I'm not hearing any more criticism of Martian gay. <laughs> I, I kept it under control because I knew this was coming up. <laughs> wow, Slave Matthews band, Frederick said? Those guys have been touring for like 35 years. Yes, Ruthie said. <laughs> They literally aren't allowed to stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a smart joke. That's a really That's smart joke. Best joke. <laughs> joke I've ever written. I, I'm sorry, Mr. The Wise, Ugly continued, but we need your help. Ugly went on to explain what Reese's already knew, that Daranos was in deep shit, how, were, how there was an evil rising, and how the crystal showed her visions of the past. How Darren talked to her and told her she could stop the forthcoming apocalypse. Yes, yes, Reese said dismissively, do, doing a line of giggle dirt off of his old ass <laughs> coke nail. I know oh. all this. <laughs> it's all long and like yellow and shit. <laughs> well, like, can you help us, Uncle Sam? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> the Lady of the Lake, Reese said bluntly while stuffing a whole donut, donut into his suck hole. Okay. <laughs> What the hell is that? Ugly responded. <laughs> <laughs> the lady of the lake. Go find her and she'll have something that will aid you in your quest. Reese said, stuffing another donut between his sex lips. It's <laughs> 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 <That was> upsetting. <laughs> questing, questing with my bestie. Frittert sang as he and Ugla made their way west from the shoreline to Lake Queensryche. <laughs> <laughs> Questing with my best friend We're gonna find a clue to our destiny And then we're gonna be Bestiny Friends <laughs> Ugly sighed As the day grew long Sparkle flies filled the swamp around the lake They were close Ugly decided to hike through the night Fritter didn't mind, of course, because he was deep into a remix of his new hit song, My Quest Friend. <laughs> Suddenly, Ugla held up a fist. Fritter ignored it and kept walking. Yeah, dude, that means stop. <laughs> she said, pulling on his cloak to stop him. In the distance was a pair of green eyes. We're being watched, she whispered. The eyes skulked in the shadows, unblinking. Ugla was captivated. We... We should follow them, she said to herself. As she began to move forward toward the eyes, they blinked out. Coming to, she shook her head. Still, in the back of her mind, she couldn't shake the feeling they were being watched. Soon they arrived at the lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So, so good at that writing. Would, that, so would, good. that would not come up again. <laughs> that won't come. No, that's, that's, don't worry about that. 
So, do we just dive in, or she? <laughs> Wait, no, that's not her. Voice. So, do we just dive in? She questioned Frittert. <laughs> Don't worry, my lady," he said reassuringly. It'll only take a few millennia for me to mop this whole leg dry, and then we can go find the lady. <laughs> As he continued to sing his song from earlier, he began to dip the mop in the lake and wring it out onto the shore. Ugla sighed again. <laughs> or I could cast a spell of water breathing on us, she said, waving her hands to create ancient runes. Magic flowed through her body as she recited the ancient incantations. Soon, around each of their heads was a breathable bubble. Let's go for a swim, she said, wading into the cool waters. Ferdert followed slowly behind. Even though he was shorter, he was slow to completely submerge because when the icy waters hit his dick tip, it sent a shock up his spine. And he did that tippy-toe move you do at the beach when you first get into the water, as if that's going to save you from getting your sensitive-ass dick from getting wet. I mean, you're going in the ocean for fuck's sake. What? What about that move says, oh yeah, I'll keep my precious dick dry from getting wet in this literal ocean of salty water. <laughs> All right, all good thoughts we've had. <laughs> you know the move when you yeah. stand on your tip yep. and you're like, "What are you I always, doing?" I always wonder why in. am I doing this? Exactly. You dive what are you in. preventing? <laughs> Bullshit. As he began to swim deeper into the lake, Ugla marvelled at the life below the surface. The moons high above glinted off the rippling waters. Bioluminescent creatures lit up as they passed league after league. Ugla reached out to touch a small fish swimming next to her. When her hand grazed its scales, the fish lit up in purples and blues, and the lights began to sing. All around, more fish lit up, and the ocean was a concert of singing fish. There you Ding. go. There's another one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like listening to explosions in the sky after you take half an edible, and then you accidentally spill your milkshake on your foot, but you think your foot mm -hmm. is asleep. Mm -hmm. This sounds all been so there. specific. <laughs> Suddenly, the water began to get very heavy, like they were swimming in molasses. Then, a sudden... Like a cricket, but deafening. Oh, cricket man! No. Oh shit, it's cricket man. <laughs> With this, the singing fish extinguished their bioluminosity and went silent. <laughs> it's hard to, hard to type that one. The water was pitch black, just like that movie, Pitch Black. <laughs> Frederick swam up to Ugly and grabbed onto her cloak partially so they wouldn't lose each other in the darkness and partially for security and comfort. Ugly looked around. The bubble around her face made it hard to see as it rippled in place. She squinted at something and it drew her attention downward. Two green eyes. This way, she said, tugging at Frederick. The two swam into an underwater cave system. <laughs> Had there been light, they could have seen the sign that said, Do not enter. This place will fucking kill you. Are you stupid? This fantasy-ass land is dangerous on a good day, and you're down here spelunking in ancient cave water? Why don't you just find a rat with a gun and have him shoot you in the head <laughs> if, you, if you're so eager to die? In the original Darinosian, it fit much better in the native tongue. It's <laughs> just like six runes. <laughs> yeah. Ugly used her hands to feel the. the Ugly used her hands to feel the side of the slippery walls. She dare not use magic light for fear of losing the eyes in the dark. Why was she following them? She didn't know, but this had to be the way. 
The eyes glinted in the darkness and began to rise, and so did the two adventurers. As they rose out of the depths, they entered into a dank, stanky-ass cave, an underwater grotto as dark as your sweet mama's b-hole. <laughs> <laughs> Ugla now used her magics to ignite a, ignite a glow orb in her hand. This was her first mistake. All around them were the bones of the dead. Dead fish, dead people, dead everything. Oh my, Fritter said as he quickly began to mop up some bones. <laughs> Ugla stepped forwards and her sandaled feet landed on a detached jawbone of something or someone. It cracked and popped as she laid her weight onto it. The pop echoed throughout the chamber. She winced and closed her eyes, hoping that she could blink away the sound somehow. Suddenly, there it was again. The wickering of something. Something big. Ugla bravely held up her beorbled hand. <laughs> Slowly at the back of the cavern, she saw a shadow sinking down, down, down from the ceiling. Federt stopped mopping as his eyes became as wide as your sweet mama's butthole. <laughs> no longer dark. No longer dark. Sunlight it's in open there. open now. Yeah. It's that big, it's going to get in there. <laughs> Just then, ancient braziers on the side of the caverns lit a flame with a green, sickly hue. They wicked up at spider webs, but didn't burn them. This was old magic. Well, well, well! A gravelly voice <laughs> rumbled through the wet darkness. Have you come to see the lady? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Not anymore. Ugla squinted to see past the green haze to see who or what was addressing them. We have, your highness, she responded in, with deference. <laughs> the lady began to laugh. Such manners! I assume you are here because of the wizard. How is the old cock and balls? Still sending young ones to their death? Oh, Reese. <laughs> with a blur, the figure moved out of the green shadows. In the light of Ugla's light orb were hundreds and hundreds of eyes staring back at her, as the chittering maul of a giant spider. As the light reflected off of her chitinous body, Ugla could see that this spider had giant, and I mean giant, spider sacks for tits. <laughs> Probably full of silk. Mommy silkers, if you will. <laughs> All right, this show is over. We're done. <laughs> Uh, Ugla held firm, even though inside her brain she was pissing her pants, and also she may have pissed her pants a little. My, my lady, she stammered, I seek aid to disrupt the foreboding evil that is to arrive on these very shores. And why would I want to stop something like that? The lady asked, while slowly walking in a circle around Ugla. It affects us all, she said firmly. All creatures of magic and power like yourself will fall if we don't do something. Again, the lady began to laugh and laugh. Only laugh a laugh only a smoking ant could muster. <laughs> <laughs> the stench from her mandibles hit like a dumpster full of diapers behind a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you seem to have me confused for someone who cares about such things, the lady said apathetically. You also seem to have me confused with someone else! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't quite, she said, didn't quite hear that. What? Gosh, could you maybe say someone that a little Someone else! 
There we go. We got it clean. That's a clean version, yeah. As she said this, she sidled over to a throne on which sat a skeleton of a mermaid. The lady was dead. Shit in my dick, Uglas said with an instant painful realization. I assume you came for this, the spider said, stroking a bluish blade. Cold steel, steel, Ugla whispered. Well, come get it, the spider screamed. <laughs> In an instant, it, its eight giant, hairy, unshaven legs were wrapped around Ugla. <laughs> it, was, it was being held uncomfortably close to her mommy silkers. <laughs> it's too good of a joke. <laughs> She turned her face as to not to get a face full. Up, up, up they went, and down, down, down they came again as the spider slammed Ugla into the wet floor. With a soggy thud, she landed. The wind instantly left her lungs as her paralyzed diaphragm spasmed for more air. She inhaled deeply and painfully and gritted her teeth. She turned the light orb into a lightning orb. With a slam of her fist, she punched the ground. All around shot bolts of power, hitting stalactites and treasures long forgotten. Everything but the spider. Ugla reached behind her back and pulled out a concealed staff. With a flick, she extended it <laughs> as its power seethed in the darkness. She shouted ancient and foul curses as purple and blue waves of magic washed over her healing broken ribs. Uh, washed over her healing her broken ribs. There we go. <laughs> Fritter was holding up his mop defensively, trying to find the spider with a, thr- a thwack. An arm hit him in the face, knocking him down, but to his credit, he got right back to his feet. Ugla looked over at the sword in the hands of the mermaid. The spider was hanging above it, upside down, laughing. It was playing with them. Ugla mustered all of her courage and magical knowledge. Frederick, she said, hold your breath. This is going to get weird and dangerous. <laughs> Fritter nodded and sucked in all the air he could, uh, he could and held his breath. Ugla raised up her staff high above her head. She began speaking in a language only people who go to snake handling churches would claim to know. And those people are fucking weirdos, man. (laughs) (laughs) With a crack, she slammed the staff down onto the floor. From each side, blue waves shot out toward the spider and the sword creating a tunnel. Inside the tunnel, the air itself burned and evaporated. The molecules of air and dirt and existence of itself were replaced with nothing. Pure vacuum sucked Ugla forward at the speed of light. As the, the spider cocked its head, but, si- but suddenly, in an instant, Ugla was there. She used her blue flame to strike the spider in several of its hundreds of eyes. The spider hissed and cream- screamed, cream. <laughs> I fucking hope. Freudian. Oh, God, the spider's into that. Yeah. Huh? Jesus. And I'm in the spiders now, guys. <laughs> the spider hissed and screamed, giving Ugla enough time to grab the sword from the skeletal hand of the lady. You cunt! Screamed the <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, please, Ugla said, swinging the sword around like Obi-Wan when he does that thing where he points at the person. <laughs> Again, in the blink of an eye, the spider spun its legs like a helicopter towards Ugla. She held the sword and her staff at an X and blocked the multiple hits of the spider's steel-like legs. With a swoop, the spider shot a web up to the ceiling and swung back around, pointing her stinger at Ugla? Oh, great. This titted spider has a stinger? Fucking sick. (laughs) (laughs) Ugla confidently held out the cold steel sword, and with a clang, the sword shattered. 
She held the hilt up in disbelief. It it was a fake, she muttered. <laughs> oh, you broke your sword so sad. <laughs> oh, no. Ugla dropped the hilt and it clanged against the stones as she fell to her knees. She looked down at the broken blade. The impossible broken blade and her closed eyes ready to see the impossible infinity of death. Crunch. Suddenly, a small gnome stood next to her. Ugla looked up and saw Fridert holding up his mop, defending her. Run, he said to her. Run, Ugla. But Ugla could not. She was partially stunned by the multiple blows to her head and partially stunned at the bravery of her squire slash life partner slash life coach slash plumber slash stylist (laughs) somehow she managed to lift herself up and pointed her staff at the spider the spider cackled and drew in a deep breath when it exhaled green fire shot from its mouth Ugla slammed her staff down creating a shield around her and Frederick as she strained against its unholy power she felt her hands burn her staff began to splinter and with the last of the fire breath Her staff splintered and exploded in blue lightning. She held her hands out to see nothing in them. They were blistered and already pussing. Ugh. Ugh. Who wrote that? Ugla, Frederick said calmly. Run, my lady. Without thinking, Ugla turned and saw the green eyes pop from the water below and dip back down. She took a few days' steps toward the water and turned back to Frederick, who was still holding his mop. Guess it's time for me to rid myself of this arachnophilia, Frederick said with a smile. <laughs> In her days, Ugla managed a weak smile. Don't you mean arachnophobia? I meant what I said. <laughs> Quest friends forever, he said. No! And as, and as he did, the mop turned into a majestic gold staff, outshot a radiant radial explosion that propelled Ugla into the cavern water below. Through the murky water, she saw green mixed with gold above. It looked like treasure as the colors mixed. Then they faded. Then there was nothing. Aww. On the shore, Ugla dragged her wet and broken body up out of the water. She lay on her back, gritting her teeth at the pain the sand was causing her blistered hands. She yelled a primal scream. This was all for nothing. And Frederick the janitor, no, Frederick the brave was dead. She was alone. She was alone and had no idea how to fix this, but mostly she was alone. As she lay on the sand for what seemed like 12 eternities, two glowing green eyes sparkled and zitted around her. Sorry, two glowing green sparkle flies zitted around her. They came together and blinked out, and when they blinked back, there were two green eyes staring down at her. Two green eyes and the whitest cat she had ever seen. (gasps) The cat mewed down at her. Ugly got up onto her elbows and managed the strength to sit upright. The cat purred as it rubbed against her leg. It rubbed its face against her sandaled feet, which caused Ugla to chuckle a bit. You like sandals, huh? Is that what we should call you? Sandals? (laughs) Cat meowed, trotted (laughs) off to a nearby rock. (laughs) Hey, where are you going? Ugla questioned, hoping she wouldn't lose yet another friend. But the cat stopped on the rock. Its green eyes glowed and blinked. As it did, the white cat became a white and blue sword. Oh my golden dicks, Ugla exclaimed. (laughs) The sword was embedded in the rock itself. She scurried over on her hands and knees to the sword. Using it, she raised herself up and grabbed the hilt. With the gentlest of tugs, she she pulled expecting the sword to resist her. It did not. 
The sword melted like the sword. Uh, wait, wait. Like melted butter, or like <laughs> like your sweet mama taking the condom off of my rock hard peener. <laughs> the sword was free. God. <laughs> Ugla raised the sword above her head as a light rain began. Ting, 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 ting. The rain sang off the metal. The sound of cold steel. She held the sword that she held the sword there, looking up at it as lightning struck behind her. The end. Sick as fuck. That's so cool. <laughs> Although, no. No more janitor. How could you do this? <laughs> Rich Masters Jr. over here. <laughs> I'd like to say that a lot of people give me a lot of shit about killing off characters. And yeah. we all do this. So, I'm just putting it out there. Maybe I'm, I'm not the I've only never psychopath off a murderer. Did you like Frittered, though? <laughs> I liked, Nobody cared. I liked Frittered at the end. I liked him. Yeah, you liked him at the end, but when he was being stupid, he didn't nah, like I him. I love stupid characters. Yeah, I loved him when he was stupid. <laughs> I do a podcast for you two. I love stupid Oh, characters. no. You know what? Fair enough. He's right. <laughs> We, they do call wrong. us the Fredderts of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> the janitors took over the station and were podcasted. Oh, man, that was so good. Reese, yeah, piece of shit. Guy. He didn't know. He didn't know, guys. He Is he, though? He fucking knew. Is he? Maybe the lady was he sent uh, her to find was the cat. Maybe that's what the lady was. Oh, that's true. Or the mermaid. Him some fucking warning. Or 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 the spider with tits. Who knows? <laughs> Don't give people warnings. They just tell them where to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Wizards have no sense of right or wrong. They've been alive too long. Well, <laughs> Reese's fucking doesn't. Let's be honest. Reese's is five hundred and sixty-six years old. He's six hundred sixty-six. Wink, wink. <laughs> it counts. How old you have to be to get social whiz cured? <laughs> is he old enough for ultra porn yet? Uh, no. That's why he's got so much regular porn laying around. Man. <laughs> you like it! Shut up, Reese! <laughs> I'm, wondering... <laughs> I'm wondering where this story is going, or even if Josh knows. I think? think I'm predicting that the band all gets back together at the finale of the season. Uh, yeah, we just gotta draw it out five more episodes. I'm running out of like I'm like gonna pull a Daredevil season two over here. I'm gonna be like, hey, no uh, Daredevil insults. Luke, Luke Cage shows up and they go on a family retreat. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that show. Uh, sorry, Rich. I know you suck at the Daredevil teat. I do. You know, I couldn't remember season three of Daredevil at all. I was talking to Nick and I's friend Sam, and I was like, I don't remember what happens in that season. That's a great one. That's the one where um, uh, the guy, the FBI agent, who is eventually going to become Bullseye, pretends to be Daredevil. And Matt's in the. Matt is in the. church for a really like for a few episodes um, that sounds terrible no but he has to recover because he's was, just been buried right. under oh, i love that series mm. shut up mm. it was all right <laughs> <laughs> shut up both of you <laughs> i better watch it. i'm gonna get fucking fired <laughs> no no one daredevil's does. my favorite show on netflix and disney plus there we go and before anyone can refute it Let's go for a break. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. 
Welcome back, mere peons. We have got the third part of our show for you. Like audio fleshlights for your ears. Oh, how does that work exactly? I don't They're know. They're both a hole. Mm, well, it, I mean, you've just, you know, debunked lesbianism, I guess. Debunked? <laughs> it's both a hole, so no one can get any pressure. How does that work? <laughs> Not in my America. Um, a, lot of, a lot of female listeners right now just got called just a hole, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> Gonna have I was a- merely curious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. What? <laughs> what? Uh, we're back with part three. And now, Mr. Pennington has to take us to Spooky Vision. Uh-huh. The, the title of my story is The Recruitment of Rio. Ooh. And uh, it begins... Last time on the Saga of the Cricket Man. Yes! (laughs) Rio Tachibana has had a pretty fucked up couple of days, all things considered. A few days ago, he was kidnapped from the university he works at as a teaching assistant. I think I called it Henderson University as a joke or something, so I guess that's canon now. Yeah, don't go back and look. Fuck it. Smart writing. (laughs) (laughs) The kidnapper? A man's lifeless corpse hanging from a bunch of gigantic, horrific spider's legs. Try saying my fucking stories aren't scary now, arachnophobes. Shit's terrifying. (laughs) Arachnophilia. I said what I said. (laughs) Anyway, he awoke to find himself being experimented on by masked men in a dark room and was only saved by this living, torturous hell by the professor he worked for showing up and saving him, which was pretty cool of him, except for the fact that the professor is also the one that sold Rio out to a shadowy evil organization called Gestalt. So fuck that guy. He got murdered by a bat monster in the night during their escape anyway. Rip in pieces, Professor Dipshit. This is anime as all fuck. (laughs) When his back was against the wall, Rio horrifically transformed into an incredibly powerful insectoid horror, which overpowered the spider monster and violently dismembered it before escaping. He awoke. Human again for all intents and purposes, naked on a small boat in the middle of a lake, headed very slowly back to civilization, (laughs) aware and terrified of what he had become. And now, the continuation. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Rio found himself with a brand new set of problems he'd never faced before in his life. Sure, he was an eldritch abomination trapped within a suit of human flesh now, Mm -hmm. masquerading as a human being, perhaps devoid of the very essence of what it means to be one forever. But more pressingly, (laughs) he was having to duck through people's backyards across the suburbs in nothing but his skin suit, dick and balls flopping and wheezing in the breeze as free as the day he was born, but much lower. Be free, my friend. Who who is it? But much lower. Once he had made it to the shore in the boat, he quickly realized the small dock, the only one he'd been able to find in the early morning haze, was in some fucker's backyard. And every time he managed to hop another fence, what was waiting for him? Another fucking backyard. (laughs) Sometimes with screaming people in it, yelling stuff like, Holy shit, a guy's dick is here now! (laughs) (laughs) And and wowie zowie, a naked man just for me? (laughs) Wowie zowie. 
Wally Zally. And you know what he never found once? A fucking clothesline with a full drying outfit on it his exact fucking size. Because it's not the 1950s, and I'm not as fucking yeah. hack as a writer as the director or writer of Man of Steel. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me with that shit? Jesus Christ. Who the fuck hangs their clothing up outside? Who if you got some fu- shit to say about anything I write in this episode, by the way, fucking hit me up, bitch tits. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck has the same build as fucking Henry yeah. Cavill? I'm uh, ready and waiting. Bodybuilder's flannel is hanging here. <laughs> I'm ready and waiting to feed you my ass and show you what's up. <laughs> Drop me a fucking line. The email address is toonhounds at gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah, free plug at least. Oh, we're gonna get an email about that now. <laughs> just You're to be so confused. Like, <laughs> Wait, oh yeah, I remember. Oh right, right. Just as inexplicably as Man of Steel, however, he eventually left over a fence and crossed the street hastily into a small park where a Scottish heritage festival was going on. <laughs> Skulking around the tree line, he was uh, just capable of darting out and snatching a kilt from the supply behind a vendor's booth near the outskirts called Skirt It. <laughs> Oh my god There was a picture of two bald guys faces Embroidered onto the front of it He didn't recognize But at this point Beggars couldn't be choosers Mm -hmm. You're welcome guy Now we're fucking writing good for a change I don't remember (laughs) writing that Uh I like I like how like a Scottish festival is in your story and it wasn't even a prompt. No. I yeah. I, I wrote it out of my own brain. Wait until we get kilts from Prompt Bot. Oh, uh, that'll be next, I bet. Yep. Luckily everyone at the festival was distracted from his rollicking naked comedy antics by a free concert Ding. being put on by the Scottish folk band called Celtic Tick Boom. Oh, Oh, that's good. They mostly did bagpipe covers of The Hives and the soundtrack (laughs) from that one movie starring Andrew Garfield that has the same name as the song that came up when I googled this. (laughs) What the fuck movie is that? Tick, tick, boom. I don't even remember that. Uh, While sneaking around behind the booths looking for a t-shirt in his size, he only found two shirts that fit the bill. A Blue Lives Matter shirt... Ugh. And a band shirt for a local band called Dogfucker that had a picture of a cartoon man fucking a dog on it. Pick that one. Naturally, yeah. given he had to walk through public and be around other human beings with a sense of decorum who would be disgusted by a degenerate, <laughs> disgusting t shirt, he opted to wear the Dogfucker one. <laughs> so amazed at how we continue to find new ways to say fuck the police. Let me tell you, it was one long, awkward, painful walk through the dog park back to his mom's house that day. (laughs) But even if he would have remembered that she lived right next to the dog park, he still would have rather just continued on naked than ever show solidarity with the fascist (laughs) occupying army that is the police force. A cab fuck 12 cops or pigs defund the police. Yeah, fuck you! (laughs) When he... uh, there's some Arsenio happening on our side today. <laughs> uh, when he arrived uh, out front of his mom's quaint little suburban home, he felt the tension he'd been holding in every fiber of his body slowly start to melt away. The feeling of home flowed over him like a warm cleansing shower and washed away the fear and pain he'd felt himself trapped within. 
I'm home, he whispered under his breath, the sound of his own voice coming out of his mouth just as it always had, being a comfort unto itself. Hmm. He snuck around the side of the house, being especially thankful that his uncle Hiroshi had left his disgusting old van, which he called the love machine, parked Hmm. in the driveway here for the past 20 years. It had been creepy then, since it was 2003 and you were thinking of like the 80s or something, you old fuck. (laughs) But God, was it even more creepy now. Oh my God, he's right. I got called out. But but I I thought the same until I did the time. And I was like, oh God. But it uh, made perfect cover to get to the back door of the house unseen around the side of the garage. He fiddled into the fake rocks that lined the walkway to the back door until he stumbled into the right one, slipping an old rusty silver key out from under it and unlocking the back door with it. He slid inside as stealthily as he could, pushing the door to behind him with held breath. He was suddenly reminded of sneaking back in this way every Saturday evening during high school, trying not to get caught coming back from Becky Alderson's wet-tonguing parties. Whoa, fuck, (laughs) Becky Alderson? No way. Those were the days. (laughs) And it looked like he hadn't lost the step, having made it in completely unnoticed. Put your hands up, street trash! I got a Uzi! A voice exploded out of the hallway behind him, <laughs> causing him to spin around and throw his hands up in the air. Oh, God, real sweetie pie, I didn't know it was you coming home for the weekend. I don't got an Uzi. Don't worry. It's just a can of Pillsbury dough mix and a banana. His mom's from, like, Minnesota? Rio's mom stood in the hallway holding a small linen tower over top of a gun-shaped mass, which she revealed as the exact items she described, stacked on top of each other to make a pretty realistic-looking Uzi, all things said. (laughs) She stood about five feet tall, flat, with a pair of fluffy house shoes, sweatpants, and a flowery print blouse with a ruffle at the sleeve. She had a pair of oversized glasses perched on her nose and far more gray hair than black. The very picture of a sweet old lady. But not too old, she'd remind you. She was still in her prime. (laughs) All right, let's go, Rio's mom. (laughs) Mom, you about gave me a heart attack, Rio grimaced, holding his hand to his chest, half to mime the heart attack and half to cover the picture of a guy fucking the dog as best he could. (laughs) The words were too big to hide in any other way. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. You know how dangerous this neighborhood is getting lately. The news is even talking about a streaker running around people's backyards showing (laughs) buns and who knows what else. (laughs) She placed the fake Uzi ingredients down on the counter and walked over to the fridge, opening it up and rummaging around inside. You want a pop, honey? (laughs) Oh, Oh, no, Mom, thanks. I just stopped by to pick up some of my stuff, I think. Rio's eyes darted over towards the stairs up to his room, inclining, inching away from the door towards them and trying to make a break for it. Oh, now nonsense, sweetie. You're a growing boy. You need your pop. (laughs) His mom spun around, holding two Cokes in her hands and tilted her head, looking at his shirt. Dog foot. Oh, good golly, good lord, Rio. What in the world are you doing wearing such smut? Damn, Rio. Oh, it's a it's a friend of mine's shirt. I, I don't know what it means. Uh, he let me borrow it while my clothes are, uh, are in the wash. Rio tried his best to widen his hand out to cover the cartoon a little bit more without leaving space in his fingers where she could see the, the canine penetration underneath. Jesus! <laughs> his mom looked him up and down and tilted her glasses down looking at his kilt. A Scottish fella? 
Uh, yeah, Rio looked down dejectedly at the kilt embroidered with two giant heads of people he'd never even heard of and sighed. Let me now go upstairs and kilts. change. I'll be right back. Okay, but hurry it up, Mr. Man. You and me are going to watch Three Men and a Baby. You know, it's my favorite <laughs> videotape. Oh, my God. His mom clapped her hands and then toddled off into the living room down the hall, still still carrying the two cans of Coke in her hands. You, you got it, Mom. <laughs> Rio laughed awkwardly <laughs> and shot up the stairs like a bolt into his childhood room, slamming the door behind himself. Jesus, fuck. He grumbled under his breath, <laughs> back pressed to the door. I heard that. No cursing, mister, came the familiar yell from downstairs. Rio slumped his shoulders, sighing even heavier. <laughs> you said you knew where this fucker lived, Kayla S. Hunter groaned, shoving her hands into hey. her leather jacket pockets Yay. dejectedly. I'm well aware where he lives, Miss Hunter. Please be patient. I spoke to his mother earlier today. She instructed me to return later to talk uh, after her soaps were over. <laughs> Came the slightly annoyed voice, re uh, annoyed reply from Indrid Cold, who was seated behind the wheel of a gigantic 1958 Cadillac Eldorado, pure black nice. and chrome, his hands laying so lightly on the wheel that you would think power steering had been invented when this shit was made. <laughs> but it weren't. <laughs> I don't remember writing that either. <laughs> but it twerned. Twerned. I want to go to McDonald's, Pavlov flinch wine. <laughs> they got the Mario movie toys now. I want to get a toad. <laughs> toad? God, you're lame, flinch. Merle rolled her eyes, propping oh, yeah. her head up against the car door with her arm in sheer boredom. <laughs> I'm going to die in this old man's pussy-repellent car surrounded by nerds. <laughs> what? Indrid said, raising an eyebrow over his red sunglasses. Indrid, tell her that Toad isn't lame. He's the heart of the movie if you bothered to watch it. Flinch countered, narrowing his eyes at Myrtle. That's Myrtle, weird. stop making eye, ton eye contact with Flinch. You're going to catch whatever made him this way, Kayla said. <laughs> Half paying attention as she stared out her window, propping her own chin up with the butt of her hand. It's called charm and charisma, Flinch quipped back. <laughs> it's called yeah. athlete's foot by the smell of it. Myrtle flipped Flinch oh, the geez. double bird and stuck her tongue out at him for the triple disrespect combo. Damn! <laughs> Look, are we going to McDonald's or not? Flinch said, seemingly at the end of a rope no one even knew he was on mentally. <laughs> no, Indrid said plainly, turning into an alleyway and slowing the car to a stop. What am I even doing here then? I could be watching Red Shoe Diaries through the open oh, window of my neighbor's God. stolen cable like a civilized man. <laughs> There's even a bush to hide my business right there, Flinch said indignantly. Oh my God. Wonderful. You know, that's a damn good question, Kayla turned in her seat to face the rest of the car as it came to a stop in front of a fence at the end of the alley. All that stuff about diddling himself outside the window? Myrtle asked with disgust in her voice. <laughs> no, you brain dead. I mean, why is Flinch even here? Kayla snapped back. I'm leading this expedition, Flinch responded, <laughs> unwrapping a half-eaten Snickers from inside his coat. Oh, God, it melted inside my pocket. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
God. <laughs> the voices of all three occupants of his car raised and ran over each other into a cacophony of yelling as Indrid Cold sat back in his seat and gripped harder onto the steering wheel, letting out a deep, guttural, painful sigh from the bottom of his very being. Only a couple hours before he could meet with Rio, he kept reminding himself. Only a couple hours. Jesus, fuck. Oh, that Tom Selleck, what a great actor, and it's so handsome, too. He reminds me of your father, Rio's mom said with a little chuckle, eating a couple pieces of popcorn as she watched the hilarious antics of Selleck, Danson, and Gutenberg up there on the screen. The three giants of comedy. Dad definitely had the same mustache, Rio said with a smirk, now having dressed himself like a normal human being. A baseball tee with the sleeves pushed up, a pair of jeans, and some socks, because he was indoors, and wearing shoes indoors is for fucking freaks. Get comfy, you dumb shit. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Get some slippers. I'm I'm getting called out, like, Uh-oh. hard right now. Uh-oh, Josh, this is a D-Gen. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'll tell you why I do it, and it's really sad. Because you're a psychopath. I'll tell you later, because it's dark. <laughs> okay, well, let's not... Uh... But the two barely had a moment to enjoy the not-at-all-dated comedy movie that will surely not make you cringe your ass off your own body if you watched it today they had sat down to when the doorbell rang. Rio was on guard, and he couldn't tell you why. There was a feeling within him that he just didn't understand, one that he'd never felt before in his entire life. It was like the sudden realization that you're not alone in a dark room at night, and it burned through him like fire. Oh, whoopsie-doodle, who could that be, Rio's mom said with a start, setting aside her bowl of popcorn and standing up to walk walk to the door. Wait, mom, Rio yelled out, a little too loud and forcefully. His mom turned with wide eyes and confusion on her face, causing him to settle back a bit, reeling it in. Oh, uh, I'll get it. You sat down and enjoy Steve Gutenberg's timeless comedy. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he won't get homophobic even once. <laughs> His mom smiled with adoration for her now grown son and returned to the couch, nodding him ahead. Rio stood up and sidled over to the door, grasping the handle carefully, his other hand bawling into a fist at the ready. And all at once, he yanked the door open, fast and clean. There stood nice. Kevin Green, his dweeby-ass next-door neighbor he went to high school with. Kevin Green. There's never Dressed- been a whiter name than that. Pretty white. (laughs) Dressed in a polo shirt with the collar upturned 20 years too late to be anything but cringy. (laughs) A pair of khaki shorts and sandals with socks. The ultimate outfit of a chode. We all know a Kevin Green. If you're listening to this wearing the exact outfit right now, congratulations, fucker. You pull it off and don't look like a chode at all. Thanks for listening to my podcast I do with my friends Josh and Rich. Be a patron. <laughs> Holy shit. Hey, Rio. Long time no see, buddy. I didn't expect you to be back from the old college arena today, Kevin said with a wide, <laughs> far too toothy smile, his false enthusiasm flowing out of him like poison in a video game swamp level. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, Kevin, great. Rio said, trying to hide the disdain in his voice. Then thinking better of it, and deciding who the fuck cares, and leaning a little out the door to him. Hey, what the fuck are you doing here, dude? It's 10.30am on a Saturday morning. 
<laughs> oh wow, potty mouth alert! Ha ha ha! But seriously, I'm here for a good old cupperino of sugar. <laughs> Me and Dad are baking a cake to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Kill him. Kev- Kevin said, smiling even wider somehow, approaching the uncanny valley like a rocket. (laughs) It's May. You literally can't get any further from Christmas than this. (laughs) Rio said disgustedly, looking Kevin up and down like he was made out of flopping dicks from top to bottom, which wasn't too far from the truth. (laughs) It's never too early to celebrate Jesus, Kevin beamed. Look, if you don't fuck off in about ten seconds, I'm going to send you straight to Jesus, you unwashed foreskin in a human suit. <laughs> and don't think I... Rio, who is it, honey bunches? R- Rio's mom God. yelled through the house. It's Kevin from next door, Mrs. Tachibana. I've come for a cup of sugar, Kevin yelled back in return, <laughs> smiling brightly at Rio afterwards. You're a funny bunny, Rio. That's why we were always such good pals. I've always hated God. you. Rio said. (laughs) Oh, come on in. I got the sugar ready. Mrs. Tachibana yelled from the kitchen now. On my way, Mrs. Tachibana. Thank you so much. Kevin stepped around Rio and smiled right in his face again. In that over-familiar way that Christians do, which they think is opening and inviting. But really kind of activates the ape center of the brain that remembers showing teeth as a sign of aggression. (laughs) Yep. And then he headed to the kitchen. Fucking hell, Rio muttered under his breath, slamming the door oh shut God. and following. It's going to get yelled at again. <laughs> You'll have to watch, stay and watch Three Men and a Baby with us, Kevin. It's a classic film, Mrs. Tachibana God. chuckled, handing the evangelistic intruder a small cup filled with sugar. <laughs> oh, I hope that'll be enough. I haven't been to the store today. Oh, thank you so much, Mrs. Tachibana. Are you headed to the store today, actually? I'd absolutely love to tack a few things onto your grocery list if you wouldn't mind picking them up for me. I'd even pay for your groceries. Of course. Kevin smiled brightly. Oh, Oh, well, as a matter of fact, yes. I was going to go once he finished the movie, but... uh, Rio's mom looked at the clock and tutted, placing her finger to her chin. I suppose it's starting to get a little late, and we do need to start the film over for Kevin... Oh, I'll just pop out real quick and pick everything up. Oh, that would be lovely, Kevin said. This this is worse than when he turned into Cricket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, take him back to that. Digging a small paper list out of his pocket and handing it to her, along with his debit card. What the fuck's going on here now? Rio said. (laughs) Yeah, right? Stunned at whatever the hell had just happened that made it where he was going to have to entertain dorky-ass Kevin Green alone now. <laughs> oh, oh now don't pout, Rio. I'll be back lickety split, sweetie. <laughs> his mom leaned up and gave him a big kiss on the cheek and gripped his arm, shaking it lovingly like sweet old moms do. <laughs> she picked up her purse and was out the door like lightning after that, leaving Rio and Kevin standing awkwardly in the kitchen. Rio trying his best not to make eye contact. <laughs> So how has the life of the good lord bestowed upon you been treating you, Rio? Kevin said with his trademark empty <laughs> smile, sliding a chair out of the kitchen table and taking a seat. Rio didn't move from the hallway, sliding his hands into his pockets. I'd really rather not get into it, Kevin, if it's all the same. Oh no, no it's not, my wayward sheep. Please! Kevin pushed the chair out opposite of him from the table with his foot and motioned towards it. Please sit. 
Ryo reluctantly sat down across from him. Kevin placed his elbow on the table and held his hand out towards him. How about an arm wrestle until your mom gets back? <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Kevin tilted his head down, smiling widely and looking up from underneath his eyebrows at Rio. Something about it was more unsettling than if someone was doing it with malice. But that's hyper-Christians for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, I'd love to injure you under false pretenses, Rio grinned. Before realizing he said that out loud and correcting himself, I mean arm wrestle. For fun. (laughs) The two sat across from each other and entwined hands. Before a countdown could even be started, Kevin put a tremendous amount of force behind his hand and almost slammed Rio's down into the table. Thankfully, Rio caught himself and began to push back against it. The two struggled at equilibrium in the middle, back and forth. You seem like you've had a rough go of it recently, Rio, Kevin said, that same smile plastered across his gaunt Midwestern features. <laughs> it's been hard, yeah, but I'll turn it around. I'll figure things out, Rio said, straining slightly. A slow realization began to dawn on him in that moment, but he didn't really have time to formulate it. Oh, Rio, no you won't. Kevin returned, his Mm. voice dropping an octave and the smile dropping off his face completely. What? Rio said, stunned, the thought finally forming whole in his mind. How could this guy possibly be strong enough to hold his hand in place like this? He'd been surgically altered into a killing machine, and this dude was mostly homeschooled until ninth grade and took his cousin (laughs) to the prom. Hot. You'll never (laughs) escape. You should have let us ascend you to godhood to begin with. It is wonder beyond measure. <sighs> Kevin's fingers dug deep into the flesh of Rio's hand, holding it shaking in place, blood beginning to pour from the wounds that Kevin's fingernails were digging in, staining the white linen tablecloth below. <clears throat> You're... Rio began, but Kevin cut him off. Gestalt. <laughs> Rio quickly thrust his other arm forward, his fist landing squarely into Kevin's eye socket and causing his head to rock back from the force. But it immediately snapped forward again, his eyeball dropping out of the socket onto the table like nothing had held it in this entire time. What the fuck? One way or another, you're returning with me, Rio. You've been chosen just as I have. We will all be one. Kevin's flesh began to melt away from his body, swirling and sinking like polymer under heat, sloughing off of him onto the floor and skidding across the linoleum kitchen floor. Oh my god. Bones snapped and ripped apart, shuffling beneath the the surface, shuffling beneath the slowly receding skin surface and pressed Mm. inward, creating a new exoskeleton beyond the meat and organs below, crisscrossing over themselves in a loud, horrendous explosion of grinding viscera. Nice. Rio tried as hard as he could to wrench his hand away, but couldn't even budge the arm that was mangling itself and resettling with glistening, slithering armor. The once off-putting, smiling face of Kevin Green being replaced with a carapace lined with bleeding holes and multiple sets of black, lifeless eyes staring into his very soul from beneath. (laughs) Give into it, Rio. Change or die. 
the gurgling, hateful voice from somewhere deep inside the carapace groaned out, Rio's whole body quaking in fear and yanking over and over as hard as he could away from the danger in pure fight-or-flight mode. Over the sickening man-beast's shoulder slowly rose a glistening, wet mass, long and thin, prehensile, and moving all its own. And at its tip, a gigantic scythe-like blade that was dripping bright green fluid onto the table, each drop smoking and sizzling as it ate through the fabric and wood it touched. No! No! Rio screamed, sliding his entire body down as far as he could go to the floor under the chair, the scythe-like blade flitting through the air and piercing nothing where Rio's head used to be. The Beastman let out a horrific squealing roar, the blade streaking through the air and slicing the back off the chair completely in rage, leaving only burning green mucus in its wake where the wood once existed. The thing that was once Kevin changed its grip on Rio's arm and raised his body up into the air in front of it, the hulking, scorpion-esque form standing up to its full height to allow Rio's body to dangle from his hand. You're going to die if you don't let it take you. Give in, Rio. Give in and become what you truly are now. You'll never be human again. Cricket man. Rio screamed at the top of his lungs and swung his legs into the midsection of the horror, but his socked feet just pattered harmlessly against its armored shoes inside. There you go. That's the (laughs) dark secret why Josh always wears shoes. What if a scorpion man attacks? Yeah. (laughs) The creature drew him in close, their eyes meeting and their faces almost touching. The gurgling voice seemed to laugh as well as it could, then whispered in a rueful hiss. Perhaps if I rip your mother to pieces, you'll finally gain the motivation. No! The scream which left Rio's lungs was terrifyingly familiar. An inhuman screech which he had only bore witness to once in his life and had hoped to never experience again. It was like letting yourself finally do something you'd always wanted to, but had known the entire while the consequences would be dire beyond reason. And the Mm. consequences this time would be more dire than even Rio could truly fathom. Flesh, bones, organs, meat, rip, tore, sluiced, and scattered, rearranged one over the other and under the other, knitted into a new form, made from the same components that once created the human being known as Rio Tachibana, but twisted and violently turned into nothing that was human that could remain. Instead, an abominable creature, chittering and screeching to the sky the bloodlust which drove its every horrendous thought. Insectoid and hateful, the being that was once Rio, that he had felt at the edge of his mind this whole day, lashed out. (laughs) A handful of recurved, bladed fingertips swiped across the chitinous the chitinous face of the scorpion horror, sending it reeling back away and causing it to release its grip on what was once Rio's arm. The cricket man leapt across the room, (laughs) landing in the doorway and throwing its arm to the side. Splitting the arm open from the inside, a long, recurved blade emerged from its flesh, dripping with an inhuman purple, viscous blood, and shifted itself around disgustingly to face the blade forward. The monstrous Rio threw its head back and let out another deafening, howling screech. 
its solid face opening at the middle to reveal insectoid mandibles beneath, just long enough for its scream to echo through the house before closing. (laughs) The scorpion threw itself at him, its elongated prehensile tail swinging through the air like a guillotine, seeking its throat to sever, but the cricket leapt straight over it, its incredible agility moving it faster than the eye could follow. Cricket man! The scorpion slammed into the wall and barreled through it, its massive body obliterating the materials and sending them splintering in every direction. The cricket bounded off the ceiling of the room, landing behind crushed wood and splintered plaster in his wake, and ended up on the floor across the room. He quickly grabbed either side of the massive oak kitchen table and lifted it above his head like it was a paperweight. Heaving it through the hole in the wall, the scorpion rested inside of like a javelin. But the scorpion simply splintered it into a million pieces with a single swipe of its jagged, clawed hand. You're still fighting it, Rio. You have to give yourself to Gestalt. You must remember your chosen, Ascended. The scorpion's deep, growling voice echoed from its covered chitinous maw, a humongous beast's body hurtling itself forward once again. But now the size difference, and more importantly, the speed difference, became the deciding factor between them. The scorpion was huge and strong, but the cricket was incredibly fast. Bounding off of his right foot, the cricket dove directly towards the scorpion, taking him completely off guard. The long, serrated, curved blade jutting from deep within the muscle and tissue of the cricket's arm jutted straight forward, slicing into and sticking between the flesh and bone of the middle of his hand, creating a perfect spear point, which pierced straight through the middle of the scorpion's face and down and out the bottom of its skull, rending both halves away from one another and sending brain matter, bone, and blood spraying like a lawn sprinkler in every direction. (laughs) Oh my god. Rio's mum's going to cr- have to clean that up. <laughs> yeah. You got the Rio's table. The cr- drywall. The cricket stood up, its blades sliding out of the muscle of the now twitching, lifeless corpse of the scorpion. He threw his head back, the mandibles of his face flying wide open again as a horrendous, cacophonous sound echoed through his childhood home, which was now covered in blood and viscera from one end of the first floor to the other. Chick click. The front door opened. The creature that was once Rio Tachibana shot to attention, its many segmented eyes glowing a faint, rueful, violent red. Injured Cold stood outside the Tachibana home, his neatly gloved hands clasped together behind his back, and his unknowable eyes peering out from behind the red sunglasses at the slightly ajar front door about 20 feet in front of him. He eyed the silver key which dangled out of the lock warily. Mr. Tachibana? Cold called towards the door, cupping his hands to the side of his mouth to carry his voice. The stumbling, blood-covered, beaten, and abused body of the very human-looking Rio Tachibana clattered to the front door, opening it further and leaning against the inside of the door frame. He squinted his eyes as if he'd just awakened from a long dream. Who are... He managed to mumble out, shading his eyes to the afternoon sun to peer out. My name is Indrid Cold. I represent a group of, shall we say, good Samaritans. We want to help you with your problem. Cold called after, returning his hands behind his back. 
Please. Rio took one step out the door and collapsed on the ground, bloody, naked, and exhausted. His voice rasped out once one more word. Mom. Why do you think he went without us, do you think? Myrtle murmured, laying on her back. <laughs> her legs crossed in the air on the one motel bed that Indrid had purchased for the three of them. Oh, God. <laughs> Intimidated by my raw animal magnetism, I would say. <laughs> Flinch returned, shoving half a quarter pounder with cheese into his mouth as he made his small plastic toad figure dance on the motel desk back and forth. <laughs> Pretending it was kissing a pen. He was pretending was a sexy lady toad. Nice. <laughs> because you two are complete fucking idiot liabilities and he couldn't have either of you completely fucking up his mission, Kayla grumbled, <laughs> leaning against the wall with her arms crossed, staring at her phone. Then how come he didn't take you with him then, Professor Hunter? Myrtle said with a tiny grin on her face. What? Kayla started looking up from her phone for the first time in ages. You really want to start some shit with the person who pays your paycheck and staples your head back onto place every goddamn morning, you little shit? Right. Oh, um, no ma'am, Myrtle said, rolling over in the bed and pulling out her own phone. The extremely the loud staples. <laughs> the extremely loud sounds of PewDiePie began blasting out of her oh, phone God. in full volume. Ooh, Lady Mushroom, what a coincidence meeting here with you. And with no pants, Flint's murdered under his breath, <laughs> clearly turning the pen over into a doggy-style position and placing the toad behind it. Let's get to sporing. Oh, my God. I was a professor once, Kayla said to no one in particular. <laughs> the end. Oh, my God. Bands getting right. together. All right, that was so good. That's really good. I the half of that I was just like, I was just like in a different world. I was there, man. The fight scene. Thank you. Yeah. I I just yeah. went quiet again. I was just listening. You, also, like I like Mrs. Tachibana, but like making your son watch Three Men and a Baby yeah. is torture. I guess I should have been more obvious with what happened at the end there. What? What happened? Uh, like, there was a, a click, and then the front door opened. Mm-hmm. And then he, his eyes glue red with violence, and then when Injured Cold showed up, there was a key hanging from the front door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did his mom come back? Yeah. He, he, yeah. His mom came back. Yeah. Is she dead? Well, I guess you could tune in to find out next time. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's dead. no. Is she going to be a cricket mom? <laughs> Yeah, Cricket Man uh, killed his own mother. Oh, Who hasn't? <laughs> but she did make him watch the film, so it's kind of her fault. <laughs> yeah, she kind of had it coming. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to like say that now, because that becomes a plot point in the next story. Okay. okay. And I, I wasn't obvious enough with it in this. Well, I was wondering why there was a key. I was like, did he leave the key in? But I didn't... He came through the back door. That's right. That's right. I thought he'd. Um, um, I thought he'd maybe kidnapped her, like maybe put her away somewhere. Oh, cold. The kid. Yeah. No, um, cold. No, he's he's a good guy. Cold arrived. Yeah. Too, is he a good guy? He well. warns about bridges. <laughs> <laughs> cold arrived too too late to do anything. Oh. Um, but um, 
Yeah, that that's an important plot point next time. I should have been more obvious about it. Also, oh, I, no. I probably should have been more obvious with the fact that, like, when he wakes up, he's, like, covered in blood on the boat because and uh, he, he has a taste in his mouth he can't recognize oh. because he ate the spider guy. Oh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh. I mean, Cricket Man will eat whatever he yeah. wants. Like, uh, he, he is unaware of the horrors he's committing when well, he's the Cricket also, Man. Also, I mean, his his mum was just going out for groceries, so she, there's nothing in the fridge. she got to eat something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one way to look at it, yeah. If it's, the, just, if it's the broken up parts of your nemesis body, then you got to do it, right? Is that kid related to the family who yeah. watched the... Uh... The Hallmark, the Hallmark kid yeah. family, surely, because this is the same town, right? Oh, that's no, what I thought. This is not the same town. Is it, well, oh, right, okay. okay. They're picking up Rio on the way to that town. Right. I didn't okay. think he was. Uh, I didn't think he was uh, to Anita Man. I don't remember the guy's name, but the hmm. main character of that story was Anita Man. I couldn't remember her name, so. and uh, I I didn't think about him being related or not. No, because this is two different organizations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gestalt is, uh, like, science. Yeah. And ascending to godhood with science. Yeah. And the other is, like, a religious cult. I mean, all Christo-fascists are the same to me, you know what I mean? (laughs) A-cab. Weird how that made sense. Yeah, I need to be a little bit more obvious with my clues and shit. You don't need to be anything. You're, You're great. This is so good, and... I went before you, thank God. <laughs> but I also had to go after Rich, so fuck that. You're the meat in the sandwich, buddy. Oh, You're God. You're the big flopping meat in the sandwich. Yeah, I'm like uh, pastrami. Nobody likes that. I love pastrami. Yeah. Well, that's why we're friends. <laughs> well, I do love you, so it's true. <laughs> so we're, I'm pastrami, and I can't, you know... People eat pastrami, and they're like, what's this weird taste in my mouth? You're not supposed to eat yourself, so it's fine. You don't like pastrami. (laughs) I wish I could. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I should have been more obvious about that. I I guess I should be more obvious about the difference between the Acolytes and Gestalt as well. I mean, there's a lot going on. The story's not done yet, dude. That's, That's how it goes. Yeah, like, it's... Not everything has to be a reveal every yeah. episode, right? It's like, true. Uh, I I do believe next time or the time after. I'm not sure. It depends on the prompts we prompts. get. Yep. Uh, next time might be another Frankenstein story, which is like hey. there was a there was a Frankenstein like story before last. <laughs> There's another one, but well, I need to do it. enough. It's acolytes and kilts. <laughs> <laughs> it's Frankens and Steins. Steins. Oh, that would work out great for me. <laughs> that was three very good stories, guys. I'm very pleased with our performance. Eighty percent mm-hmm. for us, which is an eight. Eight, eight, eight out, out of ten. ten. <laughs> it is eight out of ten. Cats agree. That was a good episode. Yeah, it's, uh, two of those cats are dickheads. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> What, what kind of cat isn't going to eat friskies? Like, what kind of shit-ass cat I don't know. isn't eating friskies? Friskies is know. like the like McDonald's fast food of cat foods, I found out. Yeah. They love it. It's delicious. They Some love it, and it doesn't like... give them any nutrition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people don't like McDonald's. Perhaps this cat's had a 
a really bad stomach problem related to a Friskies before, I wouldn't go back to that McFriskies. <laughs> wouldn't go back to that McFriskies. I feel like there's a there might be a yeah. little crossover with your life happening. Here. Yeah, I feel like there's a story to be had. Evan loves McDonald's, and I can't. I just can't do it. Can't do it. Ruins me. It's like it's like proper. Yeah. It's like having a hangover if I have McDonald's. Oh wow! Well, here's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm gonna want onion rings tonight, and I shouldn't eat them, but I'm gonna. Yeah. Because onion rings are amazing. Yep. <laughs> I get the I get the Chick Fil A knockoff sandwich that McDonald's does now because it's better mm-hmm. than the Chick Fil A one, and also, uh, as far as I know, far less homophobic. Yeah, absolutely. They got key lime milkshakes at Chick-fil-A, which are delicious, but I won't go there. Mm. That's taking a moral stand, baby. It's also, like... <laughs> look, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's also, like, just far enough away that I'm not gonna drive there. <laughs> That's like, honesty, baby. <laughs> like, they're homophobes, but, you know... <laughs> it's far away. It's real far. It is. <laughs> it's really far away from me. I was really far away from my moral standards. Speaking of Christo-fascists, Chick-fil-A. Yo, I always think it's so fucking weird when there's, like, you go and, like, there's, like, these, like, teenage girls working. It's so fucking weird. Oh, there was definitely, like, uh, a place when I lived in Milton, West Virginia, uh, that was, like, the Dairy Freeze or something like that. Yeah. And the gross old pervert that owned it would only hire teenage girls to work. Yeah. (laughs) Man... It's like not. It's like so weird. Yeah, like it's fucked. I I don't. It's weird. It's so weird. Um, it, it's all about abuse of power, isn't it? Yep. 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 Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> don't grow up to be a gross ass old man, everybody. Grow or, up to be like your hero, Cricket Man. <laughs> or if eat, you're already your grown up and an old man, <laughs> just don't be a gross one. Yeah, Josh. Gr- grow. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Just Josh like is like me. a couple of months older than me. Yeah. Look, grow up and be a cricket man and eat your mom. Yeah. <laughs> eat your mom right there. I called my mom a bitch today. Uh-oh. That's not good. But I, w- I wasn't serious, but uh, I had a, I was telling her I had a dream last night that I went downstairs and there was a secret pantry full of limes. <laughs> and I was like, in my dream, I was like, that bitch. <laughs> I've been hoarding these from limes me. from me. I could have been I making my own that. key lime milkshakes at home. Yeah! Without all the hating the gays. That's true. That's where you should be making key lime uh, milkshakes in the home. <laughs> <laughs> um, sh- should we bring out Prompt Bot? Yeah, I don't Actually, have I think we oh, should yeah. do our announcement. Oh, first. right. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that first. Okay, take it away, Jeff. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, uh, we we are going to rebrand the podcast. That means uh, everything where we are called Bros Before Pros right now. Because I don't know if you've tried to Google that. There are a lot of podcasts with that name mm-hmm. or something. We really similar. fucked. Yeah, we really fucked our SEO yeah. Yeah. up so yeah. bad. Um, we thought it was funny, and we didn't think any further than that. Yeah. So there's like pros before bros, bros before pros, but spelled before correctly. Mm-hmm. There's like mm-hmm. pros before hoes. Yeah. There's like yeah, hoes uh, before I pros. I, I, that one I agree with. <laughs> so now, from this day forth, mm-hmm. and for all of time, as as long as we don't get sued for it, yeah, 
yeah. we shall be Hence story lords. Story lords, fuck yeah! Writing <laughs> <laughs> stories and fucking real hard, yeah! Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. there will be new logo, uh, new uh, social media handles, uh, mm-hmm. new like look for the website, at least for the logo. I don't know how deep I'm going to go into that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, hopefully I could get iTunes to update with all the correct shit. Yeah, yeah I think you can do that. Uh, everywhere will be story lords. From yeah. now on, you legally must call us Lord, Lord Rich, <laughs> Lord Josh, Lord Jeff. Yeah, we are the oh, that, Story Lords. We don't have to do that to each other though, because we're peers. Well, it's like Doctor calls. Yeah, you know, people call them. Oh well, Lord, when we, Lord, 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 when Lord. we st- yeah, when we start the call, we'll get that out of the way. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Lord Jeff, Lord Josh. <laughs> I'd like to read the minutes from our last Lord session. Uh, <laughs> and then the way it works recording. is we're we're the story lords of the podcast, right? But we're also mm. the story lords of the three realms: mm-hmm. Omnivision, yeah. Daranos, and Spooky Vision. But not yeah. Omnivision, Omni- <laughs> <laughs> Omniverse, and Daranos, Spooky Vision, Daravision, All Sea Ball Vision. We are Close. we are the story lords, and we shall be referred to as such. Yeah, yeah, it's then, gonna be cool. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be good. And then we can, uh, then you know, everything going forward will have that name, be it book, merch, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, tell I, us I what will, you think about it, though. Yeah, tell, don't tell us say that's bad because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> we will. We'll, uh, the day this comes out, we'll I'll start switching stuff over as story yeah. lords. The logo is good. It's good. It's only half done, too. We'll see how it turns out. It looks good. It's got a real 80s VHS quality that I really love to it. Hell yes. I might honestly do the next part and be like, well, that sucks. I'm just going to leave it the way it is. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, that being done, we're going to close the cover on this week's episode. And we're going to bring out Prompt you little metal bitch. Come out. He's still with his dad this week. Oh, yeah. Let me get him out. <sighs> we gotta get a hernia. Uh, I'll shit the brakes on. <laughs> he's got, he's got brakes now? <laughs> he's out. F- All right. What okay. The, the first prompt, please, prompt bot. <laughs> is Debts by Austin okay. Weapon Hex Logan. Ooh, uh, Weapon Hex. So good. Uh, and then debts, debts, yeah. And then the next one, <laughs> Bit getting a bit slow there, Prompt Uh It's all oh, uh, uh, well. This impacts on whether or not I was going to leave another story for this to happen. Uh, breakups by Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. I don't, I don't have anyone Fridley. that's dating. <laughs> Well, that's going to be an oh, interesting wait. story to shoehorn that one in. Oh, wait. Uh, but that's by Matthew Crosshill Fridley. Nice. Nice. Uh, terrible. Survivor. Terrible sword in that game. It's too oh, slow. God. It's, it's if you want to die. Yeah. It's got a lot of defense, but man, fuck that shit. Yeah. 
So it's all about double. It's the double. That's what you do. If you I wonder, want to I wonder do. if people have figured out why I sell, said wait like that. Like, what I realized. They probably <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm still doing it. <laughs> if you want to do your civic duty and suggest prompts to the Book of Blood, then you can head over to patreon.com slash... Is, is, yep. Yeah, It'll be wrote, story lords. Story lords. Hopefully. <laughs> And for as little as five dollars a month, there there will up. be a link in the description cool. for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for as little as five dollars a month, you can join the Discord. Which, if you're joined once, you are forever in the Discord. Uh, that was one of the rules that we set up in the Book of Blood. Uh, you can read our stories on the Patreon itself and suggest prompts. Now, for ten dollars, you get access to Redesign by Committee, which is our extra podcast where we redesign an existing IP. It could be a mass movie, it could be a TV series, it could be a video game. I said that. Gremlins. Yeah, uh, it could be Golden Girls. It's my second yes. Golden Girls reference of the episode. Uh, Someone's been watching. For you twenty dollars, can't redesign Golden Girls. It's already perfect. We yeah, it's already know. perfect. Yeah. Yes. We need to record one next time we record as well because. We haven't yeah. done one for a little while. We'll need to do shorter stories for that. Yeah. <laughs> for, for $20, you get all of that stuff I talked about, the PDF of our upcoming book early, and create a credit in the book itself. It's a no-brainer. It's stupid not to <laughs> do it. You're losing money not doing it. Yeah. I'll take seven. It's, it's for the cost of a coffee a week. Yeah. That's how you got to look at it. Um... If you want any other info on the show, you can head over to storylords.card.co mm-hmm. and you can find out about us there. Um, and all the information on the show, some bios, some sweet art that Jeff did will be all over there. Um, as always, we want to say a big thanks to you all for listening because you're amazing. Uh, we love you. Uh, we, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of love you. In the same way that oh, I love wow. toast. <laughs> I mean, In the same way that I love tea. So that's a lot. That's love a to, lot. You love to suck on them? I, oh, I, did, I, like, yeah. to, I like to slurp all the listeners. Um, but we'd also like to say a big thanks to Vidizen, um, who gave us the theme music for this show that is just every time I hear it. If, if you haven't heard... Um, the long versions of those tracks that he did for us. Oh, you God, need to they... head over to um, Spotify and listen to them now. You They're can just so type in Vidison. They are so great. Our theme um, song is going to fit so much better when we're story lords. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you can find out all about Vidison and his work at vidison.card.co with two R's. Um, who should I pick first this week? Josh. What do you what? want to tell people about yourself? It keep it uh, decent. <laughs> go to fucking all of them. <laughs> all the inches. All the inches. Seven, uh, but wide. <laughs> I'm hung like a tuna can, baby. Full chode mode. Chody. Uh, I don't know. Go to like Instagram at Field nineteen three, and there's pictures of stuff I do. This man Watch. created an entirely so custom action figure, and it's fucking sick. It's a Sith Biddy. I don't remember her name. Darth Talon. Darth Talon. Like it is it's insane. Boobies. It's got a butt. There's a vagina <laughs> under there. Don't tell them that. It's insane. It's true. 
It's insane the level of detail this dude put into this figure. It's fucking sick. Field 1983 on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so the first prompt, uh, the first prompt, the first message I uh, read this morning from you guys uh, when I woke up was, normally it's made for weirdos to diddle and jerk off on, but you made it into a dope Sith figure instead. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that statement. (laughs) I was like, my God, what am I reading? (laughs) But no, it's so cool. It's so cool. I saw the picture this morning. I was like, that's that's not a figure that he's created. That's a real thing. And then I looked. Yeah. Yeah. And then I zoomed in a bit too far and I was on the boobs. (laughs) Oh, accidentally. She is 90% boob. Oops. (laughs) Eight out of ten boobs. (laughs) Eight out of ten boobs agree. Story Lords is a great podcast. Yeah, uh, thank you. But yeah, they'll do that. I don't know. Watch continue. Fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Go to prom- Patreon. That's all I really care. A, a promotional man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff, what do you want to promote? Uh, I did a bunch of revamping to my website. You can find that at jeffpennington.art. Please look at it because I don't want to have wasted six hours mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's jeffpennington.art. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington. It's the same thing on Instagram. Uh, uh, Jeff- I think it's just Jeff Pennington on Tumblr if you're still rocking Tumblr in 2023. Jeff, can you tell people about that cool Spider-Man 2099 piece? No, Spider-Man Unlimited piece you did yeah, recently. Spider- uh, I was part of a project called uh, Through the Artist Verse where a bunch mm-hmm. of artists got together and made uh, fan art for um, through the, uh, Across the Spider-Verse, the new uh, sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, they made it confusing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. uh, the, they were released, the, the each piece of art is being released daily. You can follow Royalston for that, at Royalston mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, he's he put together all of it. It's being released uh, once a week, and mine came out or once a day. Mine was May third, and uh, it's one of the pieces that I'm most proud of. You can find that on my website or my Twitter. Uh, it's like I really wanted to capture like a comic book cover, like a '90s 2000s comic book mm-hmm. cover style, and I I really love how it turned out. It's yeah, really it's good. really good. Thank you. Uh, I love the. More, <laughs> I love the um, uh, classic. The way you've done the classic Spider-Man in the spotlight, but it's like its own thing. It's not like the Spider-Man in the Spider-Man symbol, which is what they use for the mm. spotlight a lot. It's like him being chased. That's a really cool little. Uh, 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 twist. I appreciate that. The I did Spider-Man Unlimited, which is like the '90s cartoon that mm-hmm. they followed up the Spider-Man animated series with. And, is that when he turns into a spider? Uh, no, that happens in the animated series. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- for some reason, they thought, and I guess uh, companies still do, that the best way to do a sequel to something is to send them to space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man goes to space, and he goes to an, a counter-Earth where furries rule the planet, and mm-hmm. humans are a resistance against them. And oh then he leads God. the human resistance against furries. Yeah. So, I just let him take over. And the, and the, only, <laughs> the only Spider-Man villains that exist on the show are Venom and Carnage, but uh, they have no humans in them. They're just the suits, but now they can talk. 
Venom and Red Venom. Oh it's man, bad. it's a bad show, but it looks it's, great. Yeah, visually it looks yeah. amazing. It's like when the X Men would always go to fucking the Tyrannosaurus land, and oh, I'm like, I don't land. care. <laughs> I don't care. It's the mutates. Who cares about those? Absolutely yeah. fucking no one. Nobody. You did get to see hotter Rogue though. That's just good. <laughs> yeah, the Savage Land Rogue is definitely hot as hell. So yeah, yeah. 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 I like when you go to the Savage Land, you have to dress like the Savage Land, too. Yep. Clothes can't survive in a place called the Savage Land. <laughs> you instantly become a savage. You know, it's it's <laughs> fucked up that the Savage Land became such a, like, X-Men-centric thing, because it was just made so that Marvel could make Tarzan books without getting yeah. the license. Yep. Uh, so they created yeah, a guy the named Kazar. Who's just and, Tarzan. But it's but Shana. Blonde. Shana. Kazar, Zabu, and Shana. Is yeah, that Shana it? the She-Devil. Shana the She-Devil. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is... I, dude, I don't remember any This is of this. some Darinos shit. <laughs> <laughs> I would never create a world in, within the world just to sell out. <laughs> Join us next week for the Dinosaur Quarter of Darinos. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Badlands. Darinos Rex. <laughs> Josh is like, note date, note, 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 note. <laughs> Wait, slow down. Let me write this down. <laughs> it's just the piece of paper just says "sell out" in giant letters. Question mark. And he's doodled a load of dollar signs on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like a uh, like a like a colon. How to <laughs> Google sell out later? <laughs> Google money laundering. Um, no, hopefully you. you dig the new name, Story Lords. Mm. Yeah, I do. I, I, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be it's, really. It's good. A, it's just a better name. It's a better name. It'll work out. It's not a joke name. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we decided yeah. five minutes before we were recording properly. It's a better name. Um, you can find out about me at, at Masters Rich on Twitter. I have another podcast that I do called Toon Hounds. You can find out about that this week. I slagged off the Lion King for about an hour and talked about class war and monarchy and my, stuff like that and how much I hate man, those things. My man has irrevocably tarnished his reputation on his other podcast. <laughs> Wait, don't you hate Lion King? I hate it. I yeah, really I'm not like a huge it. fan of it either. But um, uh, I like it's, it. I, it's not anywhere near my favorite. No, no, no. But, people, but, people fucking chug that movie's dick hard, and it's like. Eh, it's like yeah. okay i don't know it's like whatever i can remember being in the cinema as a kid and having a really visceral reaction to it as someone who grew up in a ghetto um yeah and being like oh man if i lived here i'd be the hyena and yeah like, that's what that's what my i was too stupid to figure that out as a kid um, <laughs> and um and yeah all my hatred of it comes from class mechanics and like is yeah, it the really... hyenas are bad or something? And yeah. it's like, well, it's nature. Like, nothing is bad. Nothing it's is just, bad. It, it yeah, just why, is. I guess the the question, like, when you're writing this together, because you're not really supposed to be looking this deep into this shit, no, right? No, no. But, like, yeah. what do the hyenas do that the lions don't do? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> why are the lions the good ones and the hyenas the bad ones? And I always had this thing when I was a kid, like, if if it was unfair, I wouldn't like it. 
Because I was yeah. like a paragon of of, of innocence you're when a I was a kid. Paladin, you're like a goddamn <laughs> golden beacon on a shit mountain, man. I agree. Whereas Spivsy picked that of you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, whereas Spivsy picked the Black Cauldron, which is undeniably one of Disney's shittest because it's so badly put together. Um, uh, the pig, yes, magic pig, <laughs> the magic pig. Yeah, um, there can be a magic pig. It's fine. <laughs> Better so, than a racist hyena <laughs> but you can check out that episode it's been released this week um at, at toonhounds um on twitter you can get all the information um thank you all for uh listening to the show we really love you all as much as tea apparently um we'll be back next week for our 22nd episode our our, our podcast and legally drink now in the states, so it could legally drink, drink now. Like, three episodes. Now, it, yeah. now it legally now drink it now. Also, it's the it's the first episode of Story Lords. Yeah, so we're back to one, so we can't do it. <laughs> can you legally drink in England at like three? Uh, Eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Can, you can, what? You can uh, gamble at sixteen. Okay. Uh, you can. What else can you do at sixteen? I thought it was drinking at sixteen. No, Did they change that. Uh, no. Yeah, I think I don't know what it used to be. But I think you could um, get married before you could drink in this country. Story lords. (laughs) Story lords. Uh, Thank you all. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.